What's going on, boys and girls? Hope you like long episodes because this one is long. We have our last recap of USAPL Mega Nationals. We go into junior prime time all the way to 100 plus kilo lifters on the female side. Fantastic episode. Solana, Steve, and I go through all the weight classes. We give our takes on it. We have uh, pretty good insight on some of the weight classes as well. Steve, Solana, and I either competed or coached in it. So good insight there. But we start off the episode with the USAPL rule changes that took place during Nationals. Uh, the very last day at the NGB, they talk about some new rule changes. We use our platform to explain these rule changes. Also, some of the pro series uh you know, we give you a little update on that and, you know, what to expect, some ideas, how it's shaping up right now. Steve does a fantastic job on that. Solana does a really good job of explaining the rules. Fantastic jam-packed episode. Probably going to need a few days to listen to all of it because it's that long. But you will have our recaps done with at the end of this episode, and we'll get on to regular scheduled programming for Two White Lights. Make sure you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you are leaving a five-star rating. Leave a review as well. Follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star rating there uh, as well. Also, go to twowhitelights.com. Subscribe there. Also on YouTube as well. We do have a YouTube channel now um, where we're just releasing the podcast episode. So, without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. Oh baby, I like it raw. Yeah, baby, I like it raw. Oh baby, I like it raw. Yeah, baby, I like it raw. Shimmy, shimmy, y'all, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Give me the mic so I can take her away. Off on the natural charge, bone for yards. Yeah, from the home of the Dodger Brooklyn squad. Who take the love, he's on the squad. And as promised, I got with me Salada and Steve to do our very last recap. I'm actually a little bit uh, melancholy that this is our last recap. It's been a long, long journey. It feels like the preview episodes took place three years ago. I mean, there was pretty much like a month ago, right, at this point. I think it's four or five yeah. weeks that we're doing our last recap where we started, too, with the females and the junior primetime lifters. Yep. Yeah, we're going completely backwards. I did go look up who all of us picked because I don't even remember. As well as, Angela, I want to congratulate you. Melancholy is the biggest word you have ever used on two white <laughs> lights in a, history. I have a great vocabulary, okay? I have an extensive vocabulary. Well, let the listeners decide. I'm going by, I'm going to give you a two white lights award for biggest word of the year. I can't spell. What's it look like? He has to make it now. It's a banner. A banner for you, and so you can hang behind you. Yeah, or give me. It's uh, just like <laughs> written on a piece of paper. <laughs> Award. Yeah. Hashtag melancholy. Mel. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hashtag. If you right right away, boom. Hashtag melancholy. If you guys listen to the episode, repost it when you uh, repost the episode. But uh, I mean, maybe just one of those jackets, lifetime member jacket, motherfucker, and this thing fell as I said. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not fixing it. It's a sign. Yeah, that was... Yeah, the sign just moment. fell for people who can't see. Obviously, no one can see listening. Well, I mean, hopefully... Yeah, hopefully I can get the Zoom thing figured out where we get to upload these things on YouTube. But yeah, our last recap episode. But we thought it was a good idea to start off uh, with some 
some house cleaning stuff with the USAPL, I guess, or on two white lights part. So there were some rule changes that happened at the NTB meeting. If you guys follow <laughs> certified personal truce, um, I, I liked how he explained that to Marshall. I don't know if you saw that, Steve or Solano. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Well, I definitely didn't. Yeah, you're blocked. Nope. Okay, and I'm... Yeah, I have him blocked. He deleted all the comments, so we can't, I can't even, like... That guy's such a dude. Well, of course he did. <laughs> yeah, that guy's such a tool. <laughs> but, yeah, he deleted all the comments on a meme page. I'm like, dude, we were joking on the joke, and you, you deleted it. But uh, I don't know. And also, I don't know what the guy looks like. That's another thing. Like, I I think he told me... Well, that's me, because he's not a relevant human being in powerlifting other than a meme page. Yeah, I like, I, he told me, he's like, you had a ton of opportunity to say this stuff to my face. I'm like... I don't know who the fuck you are, but like, I don't know. Who he you says that like. all the time, but at every, I know who he is. Oh, I every national meet, he sits in a little corner and doesn't talk to anyone. Cause he's scared of all of us. I mean, I he doesn't actually wow. do anything. I thought he was actually well, dying. I'm calling him out. That, that dude is the biggest douchebag I think I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. I, I could have seen like, I, I like, I'm like, is he Dr. Evil? Cause that was the, the, the his post or like his profile picture is Dr. Evil. So like, that's who I associate it with. But I'm like, Oh, obviously he's not Mike Myers. So I don't know what exactly looks like, but all right. Really long introduction to the <laughs> actual rule changes. So the rule changes. Um, I mean, people are asking questions about it. People look at two white lights as a bit of a news source to actually give them some information on it. So um, who would like to explain it? I can explain it. All right. Thank you, Solana. Okay. So the rules, there's two big rule changes. Number one are for the belts. So your belts can be essentially any belt nearly. Uh, it cannot exceed 10 centimeters in width. But besides that, it can be Velcro. It can be prong. It can be lever. It can be thicker. It can have padding. doesn't matter. Like pretty much any belt goes as long as it's not longer than 10 centimeters in width. And then when it comes to, oh, well, let me go back. So the reason they did that or what I was told Basically, it's more lifter friendly. Now that we're not with the IPF, we don't have to follow all the rules. So if it's more lifter friendly, uh, you can get cheaper belts. You can literally stop by a random store and get a Velcro belt. Do I recommend the Velcro belt? Probably not. But you know what? You can put it on if you want to, if you want to. Mm. <laughs> and then there's the rule for bench press and the head for the bench press. So basically, what you do with your head doesn't matter. You can lift it off the bench. You can put it on the bench. At any point, it does not matter what your head is doing on or off the bench. And so that makes it easier and more lifter friendly too, because now we don't have to make it so women or people with long hair have to put their hair up in a hair tie or a ponytail, something like that. So that's just really convenient. And also another thing that was mentioned is it gives the referees less to look for. Like bench press, like I'm a referee. You look for the feet, you look for the butt, you look for the touching of the chest, you look for the head. It's a lot. And I've quite literally seen when I'm spotting and loading and looking at other referees, I've seen someone's butt come off the bench blatantly, but the referee gets no white. And I look at them like, oh, I was looking at their feet. I was looking at their head. Like there's so much to look for. So that's also convenient for the referees. So those were the two big changes made for USAP rules. They went into effect as of this past Monday. So two days ago on the 28th of June. All right. Yeah, I love them. I mean, as a meat director, I mean, I've, I've had plenty of times where someone, they just don't, I mean, not everyone knows all the rules. They show up and then they freak out because they don't have the right belt because mm -hmm. it wasn't approved or it was the Velcro one. And then their, their first meat experience, they're all freaking out. The fact of the matter is, is a Velcro belt is worse than all the belts we usually use at national level meets. So it doesn't offer any advantage. Um, and then the head coming up, like you said, like, as well as like, it's really hard to even see that. And it offers no competitive advantage. I actually would like to see, even though I would, 
even my people on the untested side or the drug tested USPA side, I coach everyone to be feet flat because I very am biased towards I think that's just better. I, I'm not against them eliminating that rule too, just because it go, go, going back to the judging, like let them worry about the things that they need to worry about because having your heels up does not offer any competitive advantage. Having your head up doesn't offer any competitive advantage. I'd argue both of those. I, I would say it's actually a disadvantage for a lot of people. So yeah. yeah, I love both of those simple, easy changes makes the the sport more uh, lifter friendly. Yeah. I remember yeah. actually my first meet too. It was even AAPF. They didn't allow me to use that belt. It was part of their rules as well. Like that was, yeah, it was just a belt that I had. And you told me that you didn't, you didn't know you had to wear underwear either. Like I didn't, you thought was, you could just go command one, but you did not know there were specific underwear you had to wear. Yeah. I came naked. I don't know. I was, I was like, Oh, I don't know what exactly. I changed in front of them too. And they're like, sir, you don't have to do that. This is a high school, by the way, you have to like find a bathroom. <laughs> and I was like, Oh geez, I don't know. It's my first powerlifting meet, but yeah, like that. The, I mean, it's a, Easiest barrier of entry to get in uh, the belt stuff. I think is fan- I think it's a fantastic rule. You're going to get more people involved in the sport. And like what you said, the Velcro part does not help you. doesn't provide any competitive advantage. Very, very, very few people will be using it. And then, you know, if you're, I can imagine like a 50 year old person using the Velcro belt because they just want to compete in powerlifting. You don't want to force them not to compete, you know, and like ruin their day. Um, so have a good experience with the sport. And, and not have my to spend only, money. Yeah. That too is definitely For all, all the people that consistently say USAPL is money hungry, they're literally making a rule that helps people to not have to spend so much money. Yeah. I think my so. big question is like, how far away should we get from IPF rules to where can we compare the best of our USAPL lifters to IPF lifters? Well, I, I don't know if that's... I don't think, I don't think any of these... Because again, the head thing doesn't change competitive advantage. Yeah, the no. Velcro thing is not good. Not as <laughs> I'm ready to see, uh, see Ashton show up in a Velcro belt next year. <laughs> um, just to make his life a little bit harder is like, uh, can I win with a Velcro? But I, I don't think it's going to do anything. I mean, they're not going to make some massive rule changes. Um, so I don't think, I personally don't think that'll be an issue. All the things they're doing is because again, we talk about this all the time on two white lights and people, I don't think understand the, the, the macro logistics of everything. What really matters is like the 19,000 lifters that do local meets, mm-hmm. not the 1,000 people. I mean, is it matter about the 1,000 people that do nationals? 100%. They're lifters too. But the fact of the matter is there's like 19,000 plus people who just do local meets and they're the majority of power lifters. Mm-hmm. So it, these are just simply rules to make it easier for them for the most part. Yeah. I just think I, I just, I would like to pass through uh, breath belts should be banned. Yes. Okay. Well, they're bigger. They're bigger than ten inches in diameter. Oh, okay, good. They're banned. All right, fantastic. Yeah, because I was gonna, I was gonna make sure to slide that one in. Maybe a two white lights, um, like referendum for that. Just like add it in. Um, and then also with the head coming up, like yeah, again, doesn't provide any significant advantage. I don't think it really helps a ton. Um, it's just something that's easier to look for. And also like, also getting rid of the heels thing for judges looking at that. This is why I laughed at the trying to judge depth like arm angle for depth on bench. Like, oh yeah, let's give the referees something else to look at. It's not like they have to look at like three other things on the bench press. Like let's have them look at the arm angle of a bench press and make it more difficult for them. Let's like, let's only look really look at the butt on bench press and the heave. Like that's really what I want referees to look at because I don't think heels up do anything to a bench press and the head up doesn't do anything to a bench press. What I like to see a man, I know Joe Stanek would agree 
Can we start wearing hats as co- or coaches? I mean, I'm not a coach myself, yeah. but in the warm-up area. Like, that's such an easy one, right? I don't know how that rule starts. And also, hats are a very professional coach-looking thing. You know? Like, that would actually help, like, the look, I think, of, like, the sport wearing your team logo on your hat that you're, like, that you are trying to promote and actually, like, get people onto. So, I don't know, maybe look at that one. It's one of the most meaningless rules I've ever seen in my life. And I had no idea that was a rule until this year. Yeah, Joe told me yeah. about it. I'm like, okay. I think it's an, but I think it's an IPF thing. It's one of those things that you just – it becomes such a norm. Also, I believe the $100 challenge thing isn't a rule anymore. Yes. So, we talked about that. And, yeah, Pete oh. Spence reached out and said that Eric Cord. Cordero, maybe I'm saying that wrong. He's one of the new EC members, so that's not a rule anymore. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. I mean, that's cool. I, I actually don't mind that. Well, no, no, no. It, it, it I, helps they gotta, people to not protest everything, but. They got to add it. I think it's a good one or come up with something equivalent as a deterrent for people challenging every single lift. Like, come up with a deterrent that makes that happen. $100 is good if you want to completely differentiate yourself from the IPF. Do something else. Make it maybe a little bit more sports friendly. Like everyone gets one challenge before it's money. Yeah, sure. Like in the NFL, you get two challenge flags, and if you get them both right, you get another one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how they track that, but I actually every every or how about coach gets one challenge. You get one challenge, and if you're wrong, you lose that challenge. Yeah, I like that. If you get it right, you get another one. Yeah, exactly. So you have to be 100% sure on the challenge that you're having. Like, I, yeah, I think that works. Um, I think that provides some sort of stakes into it. And I don't know. I don't think the money thing's a problem. I just think they just re up. It was an IPF rule. So everything that we do that's not IPF related is, uh, is not, uh, in effect anymore. Um, all right. So good explanation there. On to the pro series now because Nationals takes place really like this one, things kind of are supposed to be unfolding as far as the pro series go, but Steve, um, you're going to be the expert on this. Um, we got some meets coming up and that could actually kind of start swaying the pro series. And I know you have your opinions on it. So I'm gonna let you talk. Okay. So one, I'll kind of explain some things to make help understand this year, help understand coming years, because even if the pro series was done right this year, it was still going to be weird because one of the biggest weird things is that the VA pro last year was part of our, the 2022 calendar. And so is the VA pro this year. There's just too many meets. And then the Ubu meets were not supposed to be pro meets, all three of them. I'm going to get to the issues there as well. It's kind of a weird year. I've heard with pretty good confirmation that hopefully things are going to be fixed next year, where the only three pro meets are going to be the Arnold nationals and the VA pro, which makes things make way more sense. And then there's going to be a lot of pro qualifiers. Like the Ubu meets can be pro qualifiers. If you win best lifter, um, maybe something like the Carolina primetime is a pro qualifier, but it'll make way more sense once there's only like three meets. Um, and one of the big things this year, since there's already been so many meets now that these Ubu meets, we pretty much already have the finale set. Um, the top four men and women are pretty much, in the bag for the men it's Ashton, Bob, Petrie, and John Gruden have it locked up. And on the women's side, it's, uh, Celine, Sam, uh, Gabby Martinez and Jen Thompson. Cause Jen Thompson just did the Zubu meet and won it. So she got 50 points. Uh, Angelo could be possibly hopped over by someone else doing a pro meet, uh, by I believe Sean Noriega, John Hill. And there's one other that could possibly hop him. And then on the other side, uh, Claire's eye, definitely there's, there's a bunch, especially Jasmine Penn. If she does another pro meet. So we, we have a couple spots up for grab, which 
maybe we'll get to, I'm going to, I'm trying to formulate a thoughts. Well, but I'm going to get to some thoughts on like, maybe there shouldn't just be five spots, but because of that, the pro series is kind of already set. There's only a couple things that could happen. So I know a lot of people who are just not going to do the VA pro because of that, which is, which kind of stinks. The VA pro is awesome, but they're going to do like the corrupted strength meet because do something different because like the pro series standings is pretty much already set in stone. Um, in the future, that won't be the case because next year when it's only the Arnold and nationals and the VA pro, which I, the nationals, I, I don't know the schedule next year, but obviously nationals is moving. I think we we've heard that it's going to be like late September, early October. And I believe because of that, the VA pro is going to move. I, I think maybe I might be wrong. I think it may be moving. And if it does nationals may be the last meet. So it, it, either way, Next year is going to make a lot more sense. And if people didn't see my stories, how the pro series works is nationals is meet number one. Everyone has to do nationals to qualify for the pro series. That's your points. So like Angelo got, uh, I believe 25 points from nationals. Then any other pro meets you do your best point score of those other pro meets is added to nationals. So like Angelo got 40 points from the Arnold and 19 from the VA pro since the Arnold was higher, it's 40 plus 20 or 40 plus 25, 40 points from the Arnold, 25 from nationals. And that is a 65. Now, if it was only three meets, that's pretty easy. Like you, you do, you do maybe two or three meets and that's your points where if there's eight meets, it's really confusing because right now with these Ubu meets, we just had Jen Thompson get 50 points. Um, there are some people that are hopping into the Orlando and the Phoenix one to get a quick couple points. And that's going to flip some things because I mean, there's $1,200 up for grab and no one was taking it. Jen actually got both checks. They gave her the 1250 and the $500 second place because no one even signed up for it because these Ubu should have never been pro meets in the first place because they're local meets. Um, so yeah, next year will make more sense. I think they're actually trying to get together a zoom call where they're going to invite all pros to attend, to explain everything and the changes next year to hopefully make sense of everything. Um, so did I miss anything that we kind of talked about before the show that we want to kind of touch on other than the fact, Oh, Oh, the fact that like one, the Ubu meet shouldn't exist. That's stupid. Angelo's probably going to rant here because it's going to really screw him over. Um, two, the pro series finale should be more than five people. And that's kind of what we're seeing now is since it's only five people, we've already pretty much seen it decided if it was 10, which would be a lot more competitive. Um, it would be a lot more interesting throughout the year of people trying to do meets to try and hop in. Cause if there was 10 people, male and female, both in it, or something like uh, uh, weight class winners who achieved a certain dot score get an automatic qualifier into the pro or into the finale, and then the rest of the spots are based off the point series. That would make it more interesting, where a lot of people will be having to go sign up for the VA Pro because, like, they could hop in the top ten or top five. It pretty much gets decided. We already we, we kind of already knew who was going to be top five, and basically who we already knew was going to be top five ended up being top five, and it, it wasn't really super interesting. So I, I'd really like to see that finale expanded. I think there's talks of it, but I, I really hope that happens because it would make everything a lot more interesting. Yeah, I agree. I think if you add a little bit more into the roster, and I actually think that weight class battle could be one of the better things of, and also I would like to rename the grand finale to something else because everyone's calling it the grand finale, and I'm like, it's kind of a lame name, um, but I guess we got. I always liked the Grand Prix because they were. It was already in the USAPL. Always sound, sounded cool, the Grand Prix. But you know, um, I yeah, I, w- I would like to see something like that. I think the weight class battles the thing because also like, even though, and I'm about to get into my rant here. Even though like, 
the 82 and a halves and 83 traditionally just never cared about formulas and dots. Like, all those things. They never cared about the best overall lifters. I think if you add that aspect into the Arnold, um, like the Grand Prix or the, you know, the championship of this, it'll make for a more compelling meet. Because then you have something to look at. You have something to actually watch. You have something to actually view the entire time. As opposed to, like, well, they're just going to hit their lifts, but they're still going to lose to Bob, Ash, and Petrie. And that's that was my conversation with Noriega because I was like, well, I'm probably going to get leapfrogged because I'm fifth and I'm not doing another pro meet this year. Um, and initially I wasn't that mad about it because I'm like, I'm not going to compete with Ash and Bob and Petrie. They're just – they're way above me on points and there's I would have to do something insane to even challenge him on points. But the only thing was like, well – it's still just the principle of the matter. Like, Sean leapfrogging me, and he's just going to do a meet with his openers where I just recently beat him at a meet. Like, you're going to see him get rewarded for him actually losing the bigger meet, and him, or him get rewarded for losing, and then he's going to get rewarded for doing openers as opposed to not winning on the big stage. And that, that to me, is like, it's only the principle of the matter. I would like to be on the first Arnold championship of the pros uh, it would be an honor to be on that also like and it's like gruden i beat him in nationals too but he had a really good pro meet year you know he did great at the arnold and he did great at nationals he it's and merited. he keeps beating you on dots because of body weight yeah that bastard right um yeah <laughs> i just i i thought i had i don't even know how it happened i think i weighed less than him at the arnold and he, I, he weighed less than me at nationals like how what's going on with his yeah. weight so weird <laughs> but um I, I don't I don't know like but his merit I don't think like, Nori's like it's not merited for him to jump me because of this he would agree to it I think he's looking for the easy paycheck but like it's just kind of the principle of the thing I told him like actually in all honesty like if it turns out being five lifters and we're on the Grand Prix stage I'd rather be at the American Pro because I think I could actually win the American Pro as opposed to the Arnold Grand Prix but at the same time like it's just more of competitiveness I don't want you rewarded for me. Doing more pro meets, having more of a seasoned approach to my powerlifting, as opposed to you who just cherry picked this meet because it's in your home state. Also, it was fucking three weeks after nationals, and this other meet was one week after nationals. The worst timing, like that's actually like the most egregious thing. The absolute worst timing of these pro meets were after the biggest pro meet of the year, where all of your top names are lifting at it. Every single top pro is going to be at nationals, so. No one's really going to be able to compete one week after unless you're in a home state or unless you just wanted to. And something I'll throw out, it's not too late to fix this. Because the people who specifically plan to try and get in the finale are pretty much in the finale. We knew who wanted to get in it. Um, they're in it. The only thing it would benefit is the people that didn't know they had a chance now have a chance to get in the finale. And here's what I'd love to see. Like, maybe we even change it in future years. This year, just expand it to top 10 so it makes it more interesting so that these meets actually mean something for the rest of the year. And then we already said it, take it off the Grand Prix stage uh, because the Grand Prix stage sucks for actual viewing. You can't see anything. The live stream's terrible. You can't have screens to see placing. Throw it in the C-Pod as the primetime session that day. Like have the pro meet in the morning and then have the primetime session in the afternoon of the, the actual finale pros that can still be fixed. And I don't think anyone would complain. Why would anyone complain that they open up five more spots? Do you, I mean, do you guys agree if they open yeah. up five more spots? Is that that's only a, benefits everyone? That's a perfectly and then, I agree. You know what? Give equip lifters five more spots and give them the Grand Prix stage. We've, I think we've all said that. Like, let them have the Grand Prix stage because 
we want to separate it so more equipped lifters can do the finale and more uh, raw lifters can do the finale. And for the raw lifters, I, for the most part, not everyone agrees. I had some people that did not agree when we initially said this. I think for most of us agree, like, I, I think we prefer to be in the C pot. Um, and give, yeah, it's make, one of those, make it expand it now. It's not too late to do it. It's one of those things. If it's in the C pod, if it's in the C pod with an audience, that's when the C pod becomes awesome. But I think they're looking at the C pod like, oh, you know, not a whole lot of audiences generated. But if you have the actual finale there, there would be. And I'm just saying it right now. Call it a call out if you want. I would love to see Russ do that meets. I would love to see Russ do the American Pro. I would like a crack at Russ one on one. And I'm telling you, you're if he's a businessman, which he is, I think the amount of people who would be there just to see him, what he does for the sport, would make that C pod pop. And you'll have one of the better meets you're gonna see in the USAPL in a year, and it's actually gonna generate a whole lot of live stream views, whole lot of interest. It's and like when Larry Maley came on the show, he said the Arnold is one of the most social media friendly meets of the year. I, that's how you grow the sport, right? Is through social media. So that's what I would like. Like my dream, and my, and my thing is like it would be great to have the top five, eighty-two and a halfs, like we got at the prime time, but at the grand finale or whatever you want to call it, the Pro Series Championship. That's what I at least will call it, and it being in the C pod because that can create a really, really good environment for a powerlifting meet. One of the best, one of the best environments for a powerlifting meet. Because of how packed that place can get and how loud it can get. If it got loud in Vegas, it'll get louder in the C pod. No, I fully agree with you. I was I was gonna say, like, I fully yeah. agree. Like I was at C pod, competed in C pod, then I went to go watch the Grand Prix at Arnold's, and I was like, no one knew what was going on. Me and Steve were both looking confused. I had a friend who was trying to watch the live stream. She was like, there's nothing, like it's silence. I don't know what's happening. And I was like, wow. So yeah, if the goal is to grow the sport more, like we can make it fantastic in C-Pod. And also I remember when Ray Williams squatted in C-Pod years ago. Yeah, there's a massive crowd. It was huge. It was, people were screaming. It, everyone wants to be there. Like you can make it packed easily. And if it's so easy to promote the Arnolds because everyone wants to be there, then USAPL promote it. Like truly promote it. That's it. Yeah, and I, I forget, you mentioned Russ. Russ, Sean, and John Hill are the only three that can hop Angelo currently for fifth place. But I just didn't include Russ because, like, he would have to do the VA Pro, but he's already doing the Corrupted Strength. Movement. The only benefit is, is, like, when you do the Pro meets, and including the finale, you don't have to be in a weight class. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's what, that's what that I'm assuming Nori does, right? Cut. Nori doesn't have to, he doesn't have to be 181 for the meet. So. Correct. You, I did not say this. You were the one saying it, but yes, it, if what Alangelo is alluding to is Sean is doing the, uh, the Orlando, uh, Ulu meet, um, because it was yeah, a was nice it, little easy paycheck and why not do an SPD day when you're going to do it anyways. Yeah. What? Was it, was it supposed to be a sneak attack? Did I fuck something up here? Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't saying it cause I didn't know if he, well, was he told me, it, I don't so, give a fuck. Yeah, I don't, you, I don't you, care. You outed it. I don't care. Yeah, well, this is what you get for doing the meet. You get me outing you early for it, so whatever. Um, yeah, I. I mean, it's not really a sneak attack. Yeah, we're not, not trying to do anything. It's well, just, he's he, just doing his training day at the meet because there's exactly, a paycheck. No, it's not, exactly. I like. I don't get not, a paycheck. I understand. I don't knock him for it. It's like he's not, and I know for a fact he's not trying. He, like he does, he cares just about as much as I do as being in like the, like the pro series championship. You know, like. We don't care about that as much as winning the weight class battle. That's why I want to see it expanded where you get a weight class battle. Like, it forces us to be in the weight class and actually compete against each other because 
I don't know what it, I think is this weight class and this weight class alone. Almost, we love competing against each other more than like all the other weight classes. Well, it's deep. It's I. I it's always it's, been it's deep. A That's the reason it's why a, it's a traditional. Yeah, it's deep, and I think it's always been like kind of the marquee weight class that people actually view. So, like, that's oh, why that's I would like to see it. Men are eighty, men are yeah. eighty-two and a half to ninety-three kilos. And I mean, fi- and, and five, women six. are sixty to sixty-seven and a half kilos. I mean, that's just that's just the average size of. And if you're human a power, and if you're a powerlifter, you're a manlet, so you're going to be in the five-six range as well, and that's perfect for eighty-two and a half. All right, so we've been talking a lot about this a lot. I don't know if we had any last thoughts, but I'm going to actually cut right through them because we got to talk about some of our recap here, and that's what the uh, episode is going to be about primarily. So. Junior Prime Times. USAPL Mega National started off with a bang. It lived up to the hype. We had some really compelling moments from the Junior Prime Time male and females. Um, let's start with the males here. Chris Perez and Charvis. We got the rematch that we wanted from Junior Nationals. That was the marquee matchup in the Junior Nationals. This one, Charvis Perez 2, Jaron uh, versus Nori 2 was a brilliant one and it was way better in the first because both of them were hitting their lifts they were matching each other lift for lift the entire time and it came down to a final pull which had some dramatics on it but those two guys put on a show they're not only great junior lifters they're great open lifters I think both of them are eventually gonna our uh, Charvis eventually get that pro card but Chris Prez is the one who came out on top again Steve what do you know about this uh, matchup here? So before I get into the matchup, I want to say, one, I hope this continues to grow. On the men's side, it was really popular. We're going to get to the women's. It wasn't really popular. Um, I like this. I thought it was a great addition. Yeah. I hope the juniors get behind this because I thought it was really, really cool. I would love to see more do it because, especially on the men's side, since it had more people, it was awesome. And it was, yeah. Charvis and Chris lived up to everything we were hoping for at – collegiate nationals they hit their lifts it came down to final pulls um honestly i think watching it i thought charvis kind of was in control mm-hmm. um he looked to be on point especially after second deadlifts it looked like he had a higher top end i honestly thought chris's second deadlift moved a little bit slow they both put in 315 for their third i thought they were both placeholders i thought neither of them would pull 315 i thought maybe chris had another like maybe seven and a half kilos at most not jumping Gosh, was that 20, 20 something kilos? Yeah, 20, yeah, 20 kilos. Uh, so, from what I know, they didn't mean to pull it. Um, Sean had two attempt cards in his hand, and one was 312, and pretty much Charvis was planning to drop down to 312 too, because I believe Charvis, if he hits it, uh, he doesn't win on body weight, but I think he won by two and a half kilos just because uh, Chris has him on body weight. Sean accidentally handed in a blank a blank card. He didn't hand in the one that said 312. And so they went out there thinking it was 312 and it was 315, but bar was already loaded. And so therefore they can't change it. They have to take that attempt. In the meantime, I believe Jaron was handing in 312. So Charvis thought he dropped 312. So, and they put that in. So Chris goes out, hits an epic third attempt. Cause again, I thought maybe he had seven and a half and instead he jumped uh, 10 kilos and then, yeah. Yeah, 10 kilos. Okay. I keep having to coach myself um, and hits that. And that was insane. Absolutely grinds it out. And then Charvis goes out and I think he was thinking he's going to do 312, but then there was a bunch of confusion because uh, Chris's temp didn't get changed, even though they all thought it did. They didn't realize it didn't. 
And so therefore then they had to sit there for a bit and figure it out. Charvis then had to pull 315. And did he, did he drop it? Did he miss? I, I think he, he got, didn't he lose grip on at lockout and just wasn't quite there. Like, honestly, like they were, they, I mean, it was like, it was one of those things that it just came down to a attempt selection battle at the end. And Chris really pulled it out. I, I don't know if I can like, this is one of those ones. I don't know if I could argue one of them is necessarily stronger on the day. They both were just freaking on point. And it just kind of happened to that slight little execution difference where Chris pulled it out because I mean, they, they, they were, they were about spot on tied with each other all day. Mm-hmm. So I, y'all definitely know these lifts better than me, but what I can say is I watched it and I love seeing people hit their lifts. It was clearly a battle. They kept hitting each and every lift. I saw the last lifts. It was pretty epic that you got that. And Chris pulled it out. It was cool to watch. Yeah, and on uh, me and Carly had the live stream on that one. We were commentating. We were really confused what was going on the third deadlift because, I mean, we cannot know what was going on in the back for that. We were, like, trying to figure out what was going on. There was a lar- There was a really long delay, too. Uh, we thought there was a misload or something, and I think Carly – this is – I mean, this is legit going back into my memory because it was, like, four weeks ago, it feels like. But I think Carly was confused. Like, that's 315 on the bar. That's 315. Drop it to 310. Like, what would – and then that – I guess that explained everything on why it wasn't dropped. Um, and, yeah, they, they, they hit that the, – uh, the time deadline, too, because there's a deadline where you have to get your attempts – change in before i believe it's two minutes prior and i think they missed it so um yeah we didn't i mean again we had to be told that like i think a day after i don't think i was even able to talk to jaren or nori about it afterwards um but it was an incredible battle there i met hell fucking do a third meet guys find one find a third meet do it at, see see if russ wants to uh, open up the roster a little bit more for the corrupted classic and have uh, perez versus charvis three um because it was a great. Well, is there? Uh, it was a great battle between them. There's, I, I still don't know if there's a Hawaii pro meet. There was supposed to be Hawaii pro meet. There is. Yeah, I hope no, there's I, not. I think in the, against well, Jaren because yeah, Jaren's amazing. I just don't think we need another pro meet. It would be there great was for somehow a, a get meet. Chris out to Hawaii and yeah. let's see that. Yeah, that's we're giving Charvis a nice home field advantage there. But yeah, um, that would be great. I mean, that, I we know that meet's going to be amazing. Um, and it'll be just. It'll be a meet that 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 would probably be the headline of it. Just those two going at it again. It was fantastic, and the first this was the what the first one was supposed to be, you know, because I think both of them were just not happy with their performance. Chris puts up an amazing total, um, well deserved pro lifter. Um, we got a lot of eighty two and a half kilo pros now, um, which is good to see. Charvis is right on the doorstep of becoming pro. Um, it was a great weight class for this to happen. Nori wins that match. Uh, some other highlights in there. I just have to mention Kevin Garrett. His attempts were hilarious. Um, and like his big, 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 big jumps. He, he makes Marcellus, uh, Williams types jumps with, uh, his three lifts and also his first opening deadlift where he thought he was in the warm up room and slammed the weight on the floor and his look of absolute, just like panic of him doing that and regret immediate regret on his face when he's like, I forgot where I was and what I was doing. Just drops his warm, it drops his opener gets three run lights. <laughs> Cause uh, that mean, that's definitely a gym lift, but not a comp lift. Um, yeah, we got some great stuff. We saw Donovan Spears there as well. Another highlight lifter from T nationals. Um, so a lot to see from the men's side. The female side was a very compelling story. We didn't have a whole lot of females do the uh, junior primetime. We saw a lot of males kind of get into it, what you alluded to, Steve, earlier. 
Um, we would like to see more of this from both. We had a lot of junior lifters go into the regular primetime, which is fantastic. We'd like to see that. But Emily Cooker, Adrian Davis, Emily, it, it was compelling for two reasons. One, you had a little bit of a battle there. Um, Emily Cooker came out pretty much with as a, a, a pretty big favorite, but still, you got to hit your lifts. But remember... You need to have a 475 dots. Yeah, 475 yep. dots. 475. Pro. So it didn't matter if both these lifters went 9 for 9, had this amazing battle. One of them came out over the other and won if you didn't get a 475 dots. So Adrian Davis didn't have a great meet. It looked like that the carryover from Junior Nationals to Mega Nationals just wasn't the best for her. I think she was, she was cutting a little bit too mm-hmm. i think that might have affected her i think maybe she was cutting a little bit too much but as well maybe maybe as well I'm, I'm making assumptions maybe she was figuring attempts she needed to be able to even vie for a pro card because again if you don't hit a 475 dots you don't even if you win the meet you don't get a pro card so she may have been thinking attempt wise like here's what i need and you know what if i can't hit it i can't hit it because like the goal is to get a pro card if i don't get one whatever, but this is the, this is the list I need. So. Also, also an interesting thing with her bench too. That's what she um, uh, bombed out on. It looked like sh- the blocks were sliding on her as soon as she was trying to get leg drive. And they, you actually had to see the spotters put their foot on it. And I think she actually timed out her first attempt because of the bo- block sliding on her. And that, I mean, that could have actually played an effect on just her getting her lifts because it was a really weird, difficult thing. I mean, it was a really weird, clearly she was struggling with it. Um, just after opening attempt. Uh, but so it was an unfortunate meet for her, but Emily Cooker had herself a lot of adversity initially, especially with the squat. So her first attempt got called as a no lift. She got her second attempt. Her third attempt was a two red light lift, one for soft knees. If you were watching that live stream for junior primetime, they were calling soft knees on one particular side more than I've ever seen in a powerlifting meet. And me and Carly both spotted it in their knee sleeves. Almost every single one of those lifters were wearing in their knee sleeves. This is not an ad read to promote Stoic. Use promo code Angela10 regardless and go to lift.net. You get your early Stoic ad read out of the way. But it does make it seem like the knees are always soft. And this is... One of the fir- this is the first time we've seen him at a national meet, right? Those in knee sleeves. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, one, I didn't watch this session other than until the last deadlift, so I did not see that. But that makes a lot of sense. Now, judges need to get used to that because equipment. I, I've had issues with that with shoes before. Um, that is not a scenario where judges should be doing that. But I can understand that they've never had experience where they're a bit kind of confused by it. But that needs to be fixed. But yeah, I can understand because it's not going to shape to your knee. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna stay in that kind of slightly crescent pattern and kind of appear like your knees are soft. A we, bit. I don't think we we saw a few. The side judges were not giving the command. Like one, like two of the side judge or one of the side judges was, and the other one wasn't. So it was a really interesting situation there. So Emily Cooker got called on soft knees, and if she misses that squat, you can wipe out a possibility of going four seventy five dots right off the table because it wasn't a guarantee for her. She had to hit all of her lifts in order to get that two red light lift. They were able to challenge that and they won to challenge. And that was huge going forward because she still had to hit a big final pull in order to get that 475 dodge. She got it only female to get pro on the day, massive meet for her. It was a 
it, it was a gritty performance and also gave uh, Team Nori the sweep. As far as junior primetime lifters, uh, Noriega walked away with two pros. Yeah. I mean, that was a great – I mean, that was also, what, uh, six, 15, 15 kilos over what she did at Collegiate Nationals, which is fantastic. I mean, there, there was a super short turnaround. So, for her to be able to – she squatted five more kilos, benched about the same, deadlifted – well, she actually deadlifted more because she missed her third deadlift because she had to reach at the uh, at Collegiate to try and pull for the win. But, yeah, fantastic job by Emily. Only 19. I mean, she's got a, a really, really good future ahead of her. But, like I said, I, I really like to see more women get involved in this. Um, because I, I, it, this wasn't a super popular session. Um, but I really liked it. I really liked that this was there. I think the people that did it really, really enjoyed it. And I hope this grows because I think it's a really good idea. It's just a matter of people getting behind it and, and wanting to be involved. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. We have four women. Um, and then obviously Adriana, Adriana Davis is one of them, but what's cool. Just looking at like the numbers of Emily Cooker, like, She's 19. Like she's squat out squatting people in the open <laughs> weight class that were on the primetime stage with that 396.8 squat. And she's out benching some of them too with 220. Like it's just crazy to see these teen lifters. Like she's got so much room to grow. I can't wait to see her in primetime eventually for open someday because she's got so much space. Yeah. And also I think with how they're I, they're planning on doing collegiate high school teen, whatever. I'm not gonna name all of them, junior nationals. I think it's going to actually make it easier because junior nationals is going to be concluded from my understanding in raw nationals next year. So that's, I think going to be really good. You're going to see all the junior lifters kind of get in there and be able to compete. Um, and that's actually going to help nationals a whole lot. Um, the big moneymaker meet was the one in Lombard where the junior lifters competed at. So if you want to get more money towards the Federation, you got to have the junior lifters compete at the same time as the open lifters. And you can still have that junior prime time because the incentive here would be to compete in powerlifting America uh, because you have junior worlds. But this will actually, I think, actually offer a nice competition to powerlifting America to compete at junior prime time because, I don't know, maybe you go wherever destination is going to be next year. Maybe maybe that's a better place to go as opposed to some of the, you know, the worlds. Maybe people don't want to go out of country for it. It's very hard for junior lifters even to make the travel within the States. It's going to be really hard for them to make the international travel as well. On top of that, the Carpino score is fucking over a lot of people, and I actually hate the way that they're deciding teams this year for Powerlifting America. Uh, so this will be a great thing to actually have to, like in the USAPL is that junior primetime session, and the winner gets a pro card. Maybe throw in some cash in there too. Are they, are they even deciding teams by Carpino score? Maybe that's another episode we do because we, we did have people calculate that and it was not. No, apparently, by score. Well, I don't know. Apparently someone was wrong on that. We have to, you have to do the math. Don't put it in the hands of 19 through 22 year olds. Just All right. Just Maybe I'll do the math on but that. But still, because, regardless, yeah. this is my hot take on it. Know. It's just a fucking stupid way of doing it, how they're doing. They're averaging it over three years and they're junior lifters. The hell are you doing? Just give the people who win their weight class the spot. Like, why are you averaging over three years? It's a really easy formula. Do the same exact thing they did for Open Nationals in PLA. Just give them this. If you win your weight class, give them a spot. And then you decide it for the alternate spots. The alter, the all, yes, the alternates is Carpino score. Yeah. Exactly. You win, but you get it. It sounded like it was everything. Because I think that even the 69 kilo lifter who got the nomination didn't win. So I, I don't know. There's some, like I said on my post, there's some fuck shit going on with 
that the whole selection process. But I would prefer, I mean, I if I was a junior, I would rather do the USAPL. And I'm not biased because I've been telling people, like, Power of the America is a better venue for this type of lifter. But I think junior lifters, I think, I, I would prefer to say in the USAPL because you might get a compete. You just might have a spot to compete in open nationals on the primetime stage, which I think is awesome. And maybe if you could throw some money into it, that'll be great too. All right. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, talked about, you know, where it would be a attractive option to go powerlifting America. Actually segues well into this weight class. The 48 kilo hold weight up, class. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Oh, wait. Up. 44. Did you thank you, Steve? Did you know there ended up being one 44 kilo lifter? We did I not even tell that weight class because yeah, we all missed it. I had no idea there I, was 44, kilo, but there was one, only one. Yeah, we put her Lee on the 40, Lee. Yeah, we put her on the 48 kilos for the preview show. I mentioned she, her during she was 48 signed kilos. Up for that. I must have been must have been when I imported the roster. She was signed up as 48, and she switched it right before the deadline. But she went 44, went uncontested, won. She got her pro card. I mean, she had a decent little meet. Um, but yeah, I mean, she won the 44 kilo weight class in dominating fashion, won by uh, 771 pounds by the, the imaginary person in second place that got zero. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got got to add a funny story onto this. I because we we all I I think I mentioned on the previous show that she's got a monster deadlift. She can actually I think she's deadlifted in the gym about 400 pounds, which is huge. Like remember when Heather Connor was doing that? Like that was the talk of powerlifting in like 2018 was Heather Connor doing that at, at, at 47 kilos. Leanne is, is there. Leanne Lee is able to do that. <laughs> I was confused. This is the story. I saw her congratulated her. Saw a, a check that she had. I'm like, how did she get a check? Cause she competed in the regular session. So I was like, kind of getting like, Hey, how did you do? I'm like, uh, like, uh, and she's like, Oh, you know, it was a bit of a rough meet. I had a, <laughs> I had a weight cut and I looked at her and I looked around the room and I'm like, how the fuck did you cut weight? Cause Leanne Lee is a very tiny person. So I'm like looking like, how did you cut weight to 48 kilos? This makes no sense. I'm like, what? And she's like, Oh, I competed 44 kilos. I'm like, okay. That makes a lot more sense right now because my look at confusion of someone that small, tell me they cut weight just completely just through my mind in a whirlwind. Um, but yeah, she could be a 44 kilos Houston lifter. So, you know, another national championship for Houston, I guess on top of that. Uh, but yeah, it made me laugh. I really hope she competes at 48 kilos. I told her to I'm like, do it, do 40, well, 48 kilos. I mean, we've already said on the, on the, podcasts like 44 kilo women and 52 and 56 kilo men should be youth only classes yeah oh no totally agree and i think i still think even with that you're gonna get a hard time finding a 44 kilo woman who lifts weights it's really difficult we had four people total in those three weight classes do we do we usapl do we really do we really need to keep having those weight classes for open lifters oh you're getting all massonomics on us i am wearing the shirt though getting massonomics (laughs) Where they're just, they're just not like, why? Uh, I'll be, I'll, they should I'll not be the exist. dick with them. It, they should not, they should not be open contested classes. It would make it easier. I mean, yeah, they, they should not be classes. Nope. So I don't blame Leanne for going down and winning the check. I mean, I can't I blame how, her for that. But I don't like, know how she they shouldn't weight. exist. Those, those and she went in light too. Classes. I don't know how she yeah. cut weight. I, I don't know how she did it. Cutting weight. I don't, I, I it still doesn't make sense to me. 
I don't. She went at ninety five point two for ninety seven. She cut too much weight. <laughs> I don't know. Like when I looked, I'm like, I don't know how. Like I don't even know how you could be forty four kilos. Ava <laughs> Allen isn't even forty four kilos anymore. She's forty eight keys. Like that. Like I, it's so difficult to do. It's such a hard thing, but. She did it. Kudos, kudos to her on that as well. All right. Well, you fucked up my perfect segue there, Steve. Actually, I, Leanne Lee did technically. Uh, Forty-eight. No, your kilos. bad journalism did. Good point. Hashtag bad journalism. That's point one for the day. All right. Forty-eight kilos. We saw some terrific things from the forty-eight kilo, forty-eight kilo lifters. Like I said on the previous show, I'm excited for the 47s and 48s of the world because we're seeing some great things from this weight class. You're seeing people come up. You're seeing young lifters really show out, and you're seeing people challenge what you know a legend in the sport and Heather Connor. And I think you're seeing that domestically. Jessica Spino did what she needed to do and have a brilliant fucking meet and got herself the national championship and sets it up beautifully. If you guys have been following her Instagram, she's going to Powerlifting America, and she's going to go head-to-head with Heather Connor, and that's a person to beat in America. I th- I still think it's Heather Connor's weight class in this country. I think until you see him head-to-head battle, that's what it's going to be. Jessica, Heather, you're going to see it when Powerlifting Nationals rolls around, or Powerlifting American Nationals rolls around in, I believe, February. I think eyes are going to be glued on that matchup, just like it was with Turbo Tiff and Heather. I think that was one of the more standout female weight classes. Thoughts? No, I agree. Jessica just had an excellent day, and it's so exciting to see someone in America challenge Heather because she hasn't had much of a challenge here. Yep. So to see her go to PA, I think it's a very smart move for her. Go where the competition is, especially when you're like you miss lift and you still end up like 20 kilos above second place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm gonna say it like Heather still is the favorite. Yeah, I, if she was in this, I would call her the favorite, but. I don't think if Heather did this meet, you can guarantee Heather wins because Jessica played the field, not playing Heather. Like she played the fact that like, I was actually talking to Rob before the meet and he's like, yeah, I think there's like three or four people who can go over 400 kilos. I'm like, bro. I was like, there's no one else that can go over 400 kilos. If you guys are going over 400 kilos, you're winning. Like I'm going to tell you straight up that second and third is likely to be like right at 385. And guess what? Second and third was 385 the Oracle. Um, so <laughs> Rob was playing the field to make sure that Jessica won. Um, and then I think they kind of put on a heavy deadlift to kind of see if they could pull. I mean, obviously at that early in the meet, you, you're just kind of trying to put up a dot score to hopefully like stand up. So they kind of push it a little bit on deadlift. I don't, I mean, she hit what 402.5 or something around there. I mean, if she That's goes a little bit, she goes, yeah. Two six three For kilos. Oh, I'm sorry. I think he's talking about deadlift. <laughs> no, 402 kilos. I think she probably could have gone another two and a half on squat, and then she could have gone maybe seven and a half on deadlift, and that would have been uh, 412 and a half, basically. I don't know if Heather – I mean, that, that challenges Heather. I mean, I, I think Heather's the favorite, but I don't know if you can confidently say Heather beats that. Yeah, Heather, when she was on Two White Lights a long time ago, said Nationals is kind of her for fun meets. Like it was a meet she would just do because you know you have to do it to get in the world and she would have a you know good time doing it, which tells me that you are relaxed. You're relaxed doing it. You're not gonna be relaxed going against Jessica. You can't be lackadaisical and you can't be having a good time just 
throwing it in the air. You have to go there to win. You have to hit all your lifts. You have to be on par with her. And really, I mean, it, it's going to be Jessica's like first head-to-head battle, I think, in her career because she's a very young lifter. She's had these three amazing super meets um, under Rob. And you're going to – like, but Heather hasn't – really had to be in that head-to-head battle since like 2016 and 2015 so again it's like it's one of those things where it's going to be somewhat of a newer experience for both lifters heather obviously has the more seasoned understanding of it competing at nationals winning nationals multiple times winning worlds i believe multiple times as well doing she's had you know an an accolade really very few females can have in powerlifting but you throw jessica into that mix it's someone who can challenge her there and um you know, I think it's going to be I, – I don't know how much the seasoned veteranship of Heather Connor gives her the advantage over Jessica in a head-to-head battle. Yeah, it'll be a fun one. Like you mentioned, Rob, he's done a – I mean, I think she's added 120, 110, 112 kilos or something like that in like two years, something like that. So, I don't know. Fantastic job to Rob. He's a great coach. Um, I'm a little bit biased. I like I like the battle for second. Yeah, it was that good to lived, watch. That lived up to the hype. I mean, unfortunately, um, Mallory Brown was hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, in, as we were getting rack height, she looked like it was hard getting off the bench, and I kind of was thinking, uh, I think there's something wrong with her back, and that ended up being the issue. She had apparently, I think she had been having a little bit of a back issue, maybe, um, but like the night before, apparently she she passed out and hit her tailbone. Um, and just, it, it hurt. It, it, she, and unfortunately come deadlift time, it was just too much. She had to take a token lift. But I mean, honestly, I I think she, I had them all projected around 385. I thought 380 to 390 was what's going to get second place and it's who hits lifts. And, um, I was right in the thick of the battle. So there was Demetria, Kate and Katarina really kind of battling it out since Mallory kind of had to kind of pull back. Um, Katarina was missing a couple too many lifts. So she kind of started to taper off a little bit and it really came down to Demetria versus Kate. Um, going in to deadlifts, Kate definitely, I would say had the advantage. Um, I, we knew we were going to have to do something big. Um, the only benefit is Demetria had Kate on body weight. I believe I'm pretty certain in saying this. So Demetria and Kate both hit their openers. Um, we jump up seven and a half kilos for Demetria. She hits her second attempt. Kate jumps up 12 and a half kilos. I believe that was a mistake. I do not believe they meant to jump up 12 and a half because I saw her coach trying to go over and change the attempt later because I think that was getting pretty darn close. I had her top end between 180 to 182. And I think 170, she hit 177, but it was hard. And I think that just kind of gassed her too much. And once we saw that, we jumped Demetria up another seven and a half. She pulled the best deadlifts of her life, locked it out. That made her tie Kate on body weight, which then made Kate jump two and a half to, to a weight. I honestly think she could have lifted if she wasn't kind of beat up or not beat up, but fatigued from that 177. She unfortunately missed 180 um, and Demetria takes home second place. And obviously I'm going to be happy about that. Especially when her last show was the pro and she nearly bombed out on those bombed deadlifts on deadlift. to see yep. her come back and nail her deadlifts. I saw her smile at the top of that last deadlift. I was like, oh man. She did it. Well, <laughs> like, she it scared really me on. Good. She scared me on her second because her second was 
worse than her third because she she yes, came off she's like she's like ignore me about my second she's like i was trying to baby it because i didn't want to lose my balance so i was like don't ever do that again please yeah like, be, don't ever baby actually, your second attempt again like you a, need to treat your second attempt like it's your third because that i i did not i personally did not think she had based off the opener i thought she had 165 based on the second i was like oh that's like her max but apparently she was just like kind of babying it because she didn't want to lose her balance because of the va pro um, so I was super happy with her. I mean, that was our goal. She's had, she's had issues, uh, with executing, um, before me and even at the VA pro of our first meet, um, and this one, zero issues. I mean, there was no, no issues with executing on squat bench or deadlift. Yeah. It's probably reassuring when a lifter tells you to ignore her last attempt. probably as a coach, that's what you want to hear. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll ignore it. I'll just forget it ever happened, you know, because that's my job is to not watch your lifts and forget that they happen. Yeah. But it was terrific to see good comeback. Also a good comeback from Katie Cohen. Uh, Katie Cohen did not have a great meet last year and she's able to find herself in podium. Um, and that's, you know, a big plus. I mean, you go to a meet as big as this and it's, it's a competitive weight class. It's no longer this weight class that people are kind of like, Oh, it's a Heather Connor show. We can tune out. Um, it's it's a competitive weight class. It's really compelling from one through five. So to be the third best and, out of all those lifters, and there was some pretty solid lifters there. Well, I mean, if you take these three and then worlds, this is the top five best in the world mm -hmm. because you've got Tiff, Tiff, Heather, Jessica, Demetria, Kate in that order um, is what should be considered the best in the world. And obviously, we, I mean, you, Angela, I think you kind of alluded to it already before I interrupted you about the 44 kilos. Uh, we might have a four-way battle for first next year between Demetria, Kate, Mallory, mm -hmm. and Katarina because Jessica is going to PNS. Yeah. So that makes this interesting. I mean, I honestly think next year, and I don't think this class gets diminished. I honestly think next year you're going to need to have to hit 400 kilos to win this class without Jessica or Heather being there. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. 15 kilos I think in that I, year. I, I, I think very much in particular, Demetria, Kate, and Mallory all have the ability next year to go 400 kilos plus. Yeah, I would agree with you. All right. And I got all three. My three were um, correct. So I'm very happy about that. <laughs> How about mine? I got to actually check. Nope. Well, we, both picked Mallory, Mallory. we both picked Mallory oh, Brown, Mallory. Okay. which I don't think was a bad pick if she wasn't no, Of course, yeah. I, I actually, it's unfortunate. I mean, she, she was, yeah, so. Yeah, unfortunate to see that. Mallory Brown, fantastic lifter. Of course, going to show some bias to Illinois lifters as well. On my end, yeah. Um, hey, Solana, are you having Jessica on your podcast anytime soon? I'm going to DM her soon. Okay, I'm, uh, I have yet to. <laughs> yeah, might have to get might have to get her on. A lot of interesting things are happening with Jessica. Um, you know, and I'm gonna say, I know Jessica listens. You are popular enough to get people talk about your decisions that you make. That's how good you are in powerlifting. So, um, yeah, I think a lot to un unpack there. For Jessica would be a fantastic podcast guest for either. Well, real quick, she of our... she said that on her IG story, and I was like, I legit was about to ask her, and then she was like, "It's no one's business," and I was like, "Ooh, maybe I shouldn't ask her then." I mean, I need to know your business on the podcast. So, yeah, uh... <laughs> well, yeah well, I'm hoping she gets ready to prepare to answer some of those questions because it is, like, if you guys don't know, she's going to the strength guys as far as that, and you know, it's it's. Something to talk about there. Um, and that's what I was asking. Cause I, I know you gave me your like lineup of guests, and I didn't know if he was mentioned on that, but I know it would be a fantastic guest for us as well on Two White Lights. But yeah. USAPL free agency. Yeah. It would still be the greatest oh, episode ever, but we will never we do it because do we will it. get canceled by half the coaches. We would <laughs> we would burn every single bridge almost in powerlifting. There would not be a whole lot to 
pick off if we did the f- coaching free agency. Um, yeah. Well, uh, ad read time. I don't have a good way to segue this because we're actually an hour into the podcast and I haven't done one fucking ad read yet. <gasps> Leflar Bros, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Leflar Bros. Go to leflarbros.com and get yourself the best merchandise in powerlifting. They help out the sport. They sponsor meets. They're doing fantastic things for the sport, and they're making lifters look great. You have three fantastic promo codes to, to pick from. 2WL15, Orc15, Solana15. Use promo code hashtag Angelo's better than Steve. Steve is better than Angelo. Solana is better than everyone. While you purchase everything, do me a favor. Head to toe. Use our three so- promo codes head to toe. Because they got the hats, they got the shirts, they got tank tops, they got tees, they got joggers, they got deadlift socks. Use those promo codes. Support Leffler Bros. Make sure you are following them on Instagram. Check out what they're doing. They're releasing fantastic content. They're having a their athletes are doing fantastic. Got a couple national champions, world competitors, a lot of medalists at nationals. Make sure you're supporting Leffler Bros. Make sure you're visiting the website and use those promo codes. All right. 52-kilo weight class. We had Jamie Fisher on top. The most perfectly color-coordinated national champion of all time. (laughs) She is so damn good at color coordination, it almost makes me forget how amazing a lifter she is. She looks fantastic winning medals. She looks fantastic doing a lot of... A lot of showmanship with the attire, but Jamie Fisher does more than bench. I am I'm so happy to see her trajectory as a powerlifter. We had her on the March Madness. Um, we kind of didn't know a whole lot about her. We've been following her career closely. It's been those baby steps, baby steps. You kind of have that second breakthrough meet at the Arnold, and she caps it off with the national championship. I'm incredibly happy for her. Yeah, and pretty dominating too. I mean, she won by 30, 40 kilos, so it wasn't really too close. Or no, twenty kilos. Sorry, which is a lot. And fifty-two kilos—that's yeah. a lot. I'm, I'm getting. I'm going between pounds and kilos here on open power thing. Yeah, pretty dominating performance. One of her best best executed meets too. Uh, I mean, before the Arnold and Mega Nationals, she wasn't. She didn't. Wasn't consistent with hitting lifts. I mean, she would do seven for nine, six for nine days. Arnold, she went nine for nine. Uh, National, she went eight for nine. So extremely well executed. I didn't really get to watch the session because I was I, I was handling Demetria. So I really don't know what went on. I do know Vanessa Furby, Furby, Furby Jaslyn Pepper, and Jacqueline Alcazar and Lindy Tran, which some of those, I think Lindy was in the first session, mm-hmm. which was, we talked about Lindy and Ariel possibly being able to break in the top three from that, that earlier session. And then Vanessa, Jaslyn, and Jacqueline, Super close. Uh, again, I can't even comment. You all probably know better of like the the how that kind of went down because um, I don't I don't know anything because I was completely paying attention to Dimitri and wasn't really able to catch much of what was going on uh, with the other women. I got to watch it. Well, I watched like half. I showed up around bench press, but yeah. So pretty much what's funny to me is Jasmine Puppet gets third place and Vanessa gets second. Vanessa wins on body weight, but Jasmine doesn't even realize that until literally after she's done. So <laughs> I wish Jasmine had gone two and a half kilos heavier to push Vanessa, um, but she did not do that. So she ends up in third place. That was like one of my bigger takeaways from that. Yeah. Did you see Good. that? Did you think that uh, Jasmine had that in her or was that 
I don't know if you saw at all because I we were we're all in a she... weird situation here because it was Steve had Demetria and both of us had to compete the very next day. So like yeah, pretty much all deadlifts on the session. I was not able to watch. Um, I actually caught the tail end of the sixty kilos, which we're going to get to. But I don't know if you saw. Did you think like that was a a possibility? I do. Like it was a tough third, but I think she could have squeaked out that extra two and a half because again, that would have made Vanessa. Well, even though Vanessa went for her third after and missed it, but you know. Jasmine, had she pushed it up, would have already won it if, if Vanessa missed. So I think she could have done that. Mm. I think she had it in her. Especially knowing that she had no idea. And so literally, she got the award, went over to Sam Calhoun, was saying she was so happy. And then she's like, wait, I got third on body weight? I'm like, yeah, you could have pushed it up a little bit. <laughs> uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, she still did extremely well. What's crazy, too, Jasmine literally handled a lifter right before her session. Mm and still did great i literally don't know how she did that yeah i think because <laughs> i cannot handle the stress of I, doing that i think kyle alluded to it um on the pod i mean it could have been someone else but i think it was on the live stream that um kyle alluded to that which yeah that's that's a lot that's a lot right there uh handling someone prior to competing is a very difficult thing um what was the what was the exact uh placing on this it was jamie fisher Vanessa Furby, Furby second, Jasmine, Jasmine third, Pepper. Jacqueline Alcazar got fourth, and Lindy Tran got fifth. Yeah, the, I, Jasmine had a good good week coaching too. Lorenzo Wright was one of her lifters mm-hmm. that got a pro card, so it's a good week for her. Nice. Yeah. Um. All. Yeah. And also, it's it was good to see her. You know, compete again. I got to see her at the uh, Go Strong Hoosier Cup, and now we're seeing on a national stage. So, yeah. Um. Any other takeaways from this weight class? Uh, our takeaway, um, I have Marta T in my top three. She did not have the best meets. Um, she ended up going, she went six for nine. So really her bench press kind of killed her because she got the first and then not the second and third. So that knocked her down to, I think, seventh place here. Um, so Yeah, actually, if we're is looking at our predictions here, we were wrong on two to three, really, for all of us. Well, yeah, all but we had Bobby yeah. and that really – well, but. Still, I mean, we were, yeah, it was like, but still, that's quite, that's, I don't think I've seen that yet as far as our predictions go. Maybe the 66 kilo men, because we had Joe Jordan and Utis in there, but I don't know, I, like, we were pretty far off there, because, uh, the I mean, one off that, yeah. the one thing I'll say with Lindy is, I wonder if she was in prime time, if she could have battled for second, I was she was only five kilos off. I was going to bring that up, yeah, it was, okay, it was a thing, yeah, it was, I mean, this is where the advantage of prime time helps you, it. And also, I, 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 uh, for Aria Patra as well, because there was an issue with her bench press, less cluttered of a warm-up room happens during prime time. I mean, you get the entire warm-up room to yourself. I think that actually potentially helps her in that situation too. So the uh, there's advantages and, for prime time. And the prime time platform, for some reason, had different carpet that was better. I don't know if that played into it, but I don't know why the primetime platform had better carpet. I'm not complaining, but it just did. I don't I think they had worse carpet. Oh, another carpet oh, no, update in powerlifting. No. Oh, no. Ooh, we got a carpet off. All right. Solana, what's your take on the carpet? Our carpet was extremely slippery. When I felt the other carpets, I was like, yeah, ours is worse. Hold like on. Primetime carpet. Hold on. I think we got the decider here. Did Sean Noriega complain about the carpet at all? 
Carpet when I zero spoke issue. to him directly, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> He mentioned it was slippery. He didn't say that was the reason for anything. Oh, but no, I, I said, mean, John, I'm not say- was that slippery? Not say- he said. <laughs> I'm not saying it was good carpet. I'm saying okay. it was slightly better than the other platforms because it wasn't getting used as much. I'm- and it was different carpet. Like it straight up was different carpet. I'm proud of myself. Um, for I'm, not saying, I'm not saying any of the carpet was good. But Sean didn't have an issue slipping on it. I was gonna say um, if Sean that was, if Sean yeah. didn't complain about carpet, it was fine carpet because Sean fucking <laughs> complains about the carpet every goddamn meet. Every well, nori and also was, I gotta ask every nori lifter too. I'm like carpet issues, guys. Like no carpet that issues. That was more right, because of shoe everything. choice and not the carpet being good though. The carpet still sucked, which was brought up at the NGB meeting. Uh, to discuss in the future about having not garbage carpet at nationals because it makes no sense why we can't have carpets actually usable. Yeah, I'm just saying. I, I'm like that's so, how like that's how I get my. Depot. I ask every single nori lifter, how is the carpet for the? Because they're always gonna they're gonna give you the scouting report on the carpet, nori lifters and the bars and the bench pads and the equipment and all the other stuff that other people don't pay attention to. So I ask them, they're like, carpet's fine. That's where I was like, okay, carpet's fine. Not like my bench really takes a hit from it because I don't generate a whole lot of leg drive. But, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Carpet debate done. Close. <laughs> we will close this until further discussion at Nationals or the Arnold. All right. Now on to the 56-kilo weight class. Chrissy Paraki did it. Chris Paraki did it. Yay. Italians dominated. Yeah. And it wasn't really close. So happy to see it. I mean, we talked, I mean, we didn't really give her a whole lot to win there. We, we gave it to Brittany Saplicki. Um, I mean, for good reason, Brittany Saplicki is a defending national champion. She's been in this position. Chrissy Paraki is too, but we know that we, she had that knee surgery. I don't think a whole lot of people were giving her credit on other podcasts. I thought she was definitely in a position to podium, um, it wasn't, it wasn't the same nationals last year. It just wasn't, it wasn't the same, uh, situation where I'm like, yeah, of course she's not going to podium at this year's nationals. She just came off of knee surgery. We saw some things in her training. She was recovering really well. She was able to win. Um, she is still the most jacked female ever of all time. And I think that definitely helped her into the win here. Uh, she's superhuman. I don't know what else to say about her. She Everything she does is, like, to the max. I don't know. Like, you guys – I mean, it's Chrissy Max Power, right? So, like – like you, I don't know, like, uh, if anyone listening is, have, have, like, hung out with her or uh, seen her compete or just seen her kind of just train. She I, – I, I, that's why I believe she's superhuman because comes off a knee surgery, wins nationals in a dominating fashion, looked fantastic doing it. Also, like, if you guys have ever drank with Chrissy, like, after a meet – she, I can't keep up with her. Like, and she's actually like, if I try to keep go drink for drink with her, I'm done. Like I will be the one stumbling <laughs> over the fucking like room and stuff. And I'll be, you know, white girl wasted while Chrissy's just kind of like still just kind of normal, maybe a little <laughs> bit more energetic. She's, and then with her training, she came from a background of like flag football. That's how she tore ACL or something. Uh, soccer, basketball, strongman training. She does it all, and she's got her second national championship. I can't say enough nice things about Chrissy. She is too damn impressive. 
And if she yeah, wanted to, she could I win mean, bodybuilding too. If she wanted to, she could be um, a pro <laughs> bodybuilder. I don't even know if she even tries. I don't know if she's ever no. got into that. <laughs> and she could easily do that if she wanted to. All right. Fan, done. Solana. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. I was so proud of her. I mean, the cool thing is, too, she got a total she's never hit before. So that's the best total she's ever had, 981, which is just wild because no one expected this to be her best total after those knee surgeries. Uh, she came out. She went 7 for 9, missed the first bench. I think it was, I don't remember what happened there, but I'm going to call it 8 for 9 because when you surpass and you hit second attempt and third attempt, like whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So 8 for 9 day, really just dominated. Kathy Lee tried to come out and surpass her with her last deadlift, but she missed it. So I was so hyped for her. Um, and third, we had Allison Weinberg. Now, we all kind of alluded that Ali maybe was, like, not as focused on training because she's, you know, now a doctor, now a dentist. Um, and she had told me that her training wasn't going amazing. But Ali didn't have the best day. Still ends up squeaking out third place. Um, didn't I don't even think she had the total hit from last Nationals. Oh, hold on. She? So, no, they, so that was going to bring no. that up. I mean, I think uh, Christy was amazing. I can't wait to see what happens if she has like a year healthy training, but I honestly think she was about where we predicted her. Like that was about right spot on. It was more so Allie had a little bit of a down meet because I think she totaled 15 kilos less. Yeah. Uh, and Brittany more so had a really down meet from a really hard cut. Um, I mean, uh, Christy hit 445. If you take Allie last year was 450 and Brittany was 462.5. Um, that was kind of what we were expecting. Um, it just matter like Christy just has less variables. We, we, we talk about so many times on multiple weight classes There's less variables. You don't have some lifts that you're expect. Like she doesn't have any lifts that like are like super technical that like we're expecting her, like she could miss it off of just random technicalities. She just kind of brute strong and she just comes in and lifts. So, yeah. And that, that paid off. Yeah. And also Kathy lie. Um, that's the lifter you're going to have to look out for. Because that when we bought her up on the preview show, you saw that meet like, hey, all right, that's a pretty damn big total she put up at her last meet. So let's see if she can replicate that. Had herself a fine nationals. This is something we're going to have to really take note of. I mean, you see you see this with lifters. It doesn't have to be a young lifter. I mean, I'm not calling her old by any stretch of imagination. But you see, like, someone just figures it out. Something happens in their training. Something happens just in the course of their career where they're starting to build momentum for powerlifting. Kathy is there right now. So I a, a terrific meet for her. Someone you're gonna have to look you're gonna have to look at going forward into these bigger meets. And now she's a pro lifter as well. So now you could get to see her at these pro meets. I was impressed, not surprised with her performance, but still incredibly impressed because it was someone I had no clue about going internationals and she had herself a fantastic meet to get herself into second place in a weight class. That's not easy to, you got Chrissy Paraki, Allison Weinberg and Brittany Saplicki who are all national lifters. Um, I think they found themselves on podium positions before and to get second in those and li- in, in that list of uh, female lifters is incredibly impressive and something I like to see a new face in the mix. Oh, I'm going to say someone else that's going to be even a, a bigger face because oh. Kathy, I'm not denying anything there, face but, off. uh, she's a more veteran lifter. Um, she's made some really good progress in the last year or so, but like, I, I would see her progress being steady, but slow. Avilia Liu, maybe I'm saying that wrong. Yeah. Has done four meets and has added 40 to 50 kilos every meet. 
She is only 23. Mm-hmm. We did not talk about her a single bit on the podcast because she came in with a 397 and a half qualifying total from January, five months ago. Five months ago, 397.5 as a 56. She hit 430 with a perfect nine for nine day. Um, I still don't know much about her. Um, I, I creeped her Instagram a bit more since we obviously, she is now a pro power lifter. She was one of the wild card spots that got in off of the top five dot score outside of the top three. Um, who knows what that trajectory takes her. If she's adding 40 to 50 kilos every meet, I got to expect at minimum she, in another six to nine months, she can add 20, even if it slows down 20 kilos, puts her at 450 and has her as five kilos over Rakrisius. So Avilia Liu is someone to really, really watch out for. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I could see it would be interesting because Chrissy's hopefully going to have a year of good training. Avilia Liu looks like she's on a, a trajectory because that's the that's the word for the year, a trajectory where they both could be going 460 to 470 next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and also you kind of see those um, you see that happening too, like after the meet because that was during the regular session too. Um, you just see all the reposts of a certain lifter. And then it's from lifters that you actually know and follow. And you look like, oh, my God, that was a huge performance. Um, That's what we saw from Olivier. Um, Was able to get herself into a fantastic position there. We see her now. If we didn't see her before, we see see her now. Um, A young lifter with an incredibly bright future. Um, I'll try to nail that uh, pronunciation on your name, though. I feel like I'm butchering it every fucking time. So how did you pronounce it, Steve? Liu? No, that's not the last name. <laughs> first uh, name. Well, the first like, one I'm not going to call Avilia. her Avilia. Liu. Avilia. Avilia. Fucking heck. Oh, I want to say Olivia, and it's not the right name. Well, she get, she get. <laughs> it's not the right name. That sounds like the really white way to say it. Olivia. Hey, Olivia. <laughs> Olivia. Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like my mom. That's <laughs> how my mom sounds. Olivia. Come here. But uh, well, Avilia, I apologize. If you could reach out and let us know the proper pronunciation, we'll try and work on it. I know Angelo's the one that purposely always tries to mispronounce names, not me. So I apologize for what he does. <laughs> you dickhead. Just leave us a voice note. Yeah. Do we have Addison in a group chat if you want? If you're listening, I don't even know if you're listening right now. She's like, who are just, you? Yeah, like, just in general, on? though, I think this weight class is going to be interesting. I think this weight class has a lot of people um, that we could see be challenging for top three to five next year. Mm. Um, I mean, we've got Helena Wu, huge deadlift, Lorraine Luna, some really young lifters who have been moving up weight classes. I don't know. I, I think this, th- I think this weight class next year could be entirely different more so than maybe any other weight class when we're looking at who is the top five lifters next year. Yeah. I agree. Including because Helena, maybe I, I, I don't, I, I would, I'm going to guess Brittany doesn't cut down to 56 anymore. So I, maybe she's going to be going up. Uh, so again, I, I think this weight class could look very, very different next year when we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brittany, I think she's going up a weight class. She kind of mentioned that in her uh, Instagram. Yeah. I was about to Which say, I know she made because... a big post okay. about it. No, no, you go. I'm just saying she made a big post about it. So I was about to ask because longer Instagram videos, yeah. sometimes I don't. Really I didn't get to watch the whole video, yeah, but you can just hear even her. I've heard the beginning of the video, but also she mentioned it like on her story at one point. Mm. Like that extra kilo was extremely hard for her. And I knew she had a hard cut last time. So I really deep down wonder how hard this cut would be. So I believe she's going up a weight class that takes her out 
to look to looking for next year. And also I was gonna say shout out to Helena Wu. That's my teammate, coached by Brad. Um, also, someone else to mention, I will say Rebecca Nunn's her last meet, Arnold, she nearly bonded out on that squat. So the comeback and pretty much match her best total at 925 was a much better day for her. I'm yeah. excited to see her keep going. Agreed. I was watching her in person and it was just, it was, it was a rough meet at the Arnold. It was just a really rough meet for her. Um, so to come back and have a good nationals is always something you can, you know, build momentum off of into your next meets. Um, all right. Now the heavy, like the, the real heavyweight class here, uh, 60 kilos. This was as far as storylines, dramatics, quality of lifters too. We're going to be in this weight class. So we got Celine crumb, Natalie Richards, three. On the national stage in Sin City, no longer in the Carolinas. It was in Sin City this time. And I think it lived up to the hype as far as dramatics go. And this was the best. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to call it the best battle we've seen from them because it came down to deadlifts. And I did not expect to see this coming. Like, it, if you were to tell me prior to the meet that Natalie Richards would have issues with her deadlift lockout, I would just be like, I. I don't see that. I don't see that in her training. I could see a battle between the two because Celine, beautiful, brilliant performance. I mean, we've had her one and pretty much one and two as far as best overall lifters go, as far as this weight range goes. Um, as far as lightweight females, that's who we had. Or middleweight. They're middleweight females. That's who we had. Celine, I know you're upset about the weight class change. <laughs> 60 kilos is looks like a fantastic weight class for you. You look fantastic at it. And this is, I think, the best Celine Crumb we've ever seen. And that's saying something. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of the perfect weight class. Celine Crumb has at least seen, for now. We've seen a lot of amazing Celine Crumb. We've seen a lot of great Celine Crumb in her powerlifting career. She's been doing fantastic things, and in my opinion, this is the best Celine Crumb we've seen. So maybe the weight class change. I know we had a debate about it. Might have been the best thing. I don't know. Sure. I know why he was upset about it, but I I get it. But still, you did fantastic. You won nationals at this weight class. Solana, thoughts? So, talking about Celine, just like everything she had going on last month, like the fact that she got married like six days prior, right? Gets married six days prior. Literally, I'm asking her, will she allow herself to eat cake? She's like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, you're allowed to have cake at your own wedding. That's so great. <laughs> and then she comes in like having a pretty big cut. And the fact that she goes nine for nine, she literally totaled two and a half kilos less than her last meet where she weighed eight pounds more at the last meet. I'm like, who are you? What is this? Like, she just dominated. Nine for nine, hit everything. Hit everything. I, yeah, like... Yeah, and, and for all the anime watching, like, 21-year-olds, um, I have been married. Um, it is an incredibly stressful week, let alone, like, four to five months leading into it. The week leading... My wife, I think, lost, like, nine pounds in, like, a month leading into our wedding because she wouldn't eat because she was so stressed all the time. Um it is a incredibly stressful day, incredibly long day. Um, so I'm going to be honest. I did. I, I'm, I, I, it's unreal how well she did considering she only totaled two and a half kilo. Honestly, I mean, I think she, I, maybe she could even total a little bit more. I, I mean, her last deadlift was hard, but she can grind out a deadlift. She probably could have matched what she did at the Arnold at a lower weight class and getting married in the same week. That's just insane. But like, I, 
I was the big story. Uh, go ahead, Angelo. You know, I was the, the big storyline of the controversy. But I was so confused of how you started off that thing. To my 21 year old anime, I I didn't expect you to go into the marriage. Thing. I did that I for was, you. I did I that was, for you. I, just was, so carry on like, I thought you were gonna make an anime reference, but you 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 did it, and I was like, oh okay. I'm like, that's where you're going with this. Is the is marriage? I I don't know. I was just confused the entire time. I was uh, that was a big uh, lead way into that explanation. But yeah, uh, it, it did come down to deadlifts with Natalie Richards. So I gotta ask you guys. White light or red light? What are you doing? All right. Like this, I was going wild. I got to watch it live. And okay, here's my opinion. First first of all, everyone knows she locked out everything, right? So first deadlift, she gets it. And I'm like, okay, maybe the shoulders are a little bit rounded, like not fully locked out. See, she gets red. So I'm like, okay. I think it was two reds, one white. They didn't even challenge it. I'm like, that's fair. Like that, that left shoulder was a little turned. I think that second deadly when she came out to hit the same number, 462, I think she got it. I fully believe that was locked out, in my opinion. And she gets two to one. Red lights, unfortunately. And I watched her coach go to the jury. They basically shoot her coach away like a fart. <laughs> like, get away from us. And then it's time for the last deadlift. She goes to pull 424, which she needs to win. And that one, I will say, in my opinion, that last one, probably not fully locked out, in my opinion. For the last one. But at the end of the day, I think it's kind of crazy that none of them counted because I watched her live at the pro. I watched her live at this meet. And in my opinion, her her deadlift didn't change really. Like I feel like that second one, like, was the exact same deadlift we saw at Carolina Primetime. We saw it at the pro. And so it kind of drove me crazy that I don't think her deadlift has changed and the judges just like referee changes made them give her a red light or red lights. I'll, I'll be honest. I want Natalie is one of my favorite lifters, female lifters. Um, I would even look back afterwards, some of her past deadlifts. So one, I didn't see the first one. I had no idea what happened. I will say in the warm-up room, we could see that 210, and we all kind of wondered if that may be a fake attempt, a la pug. It was not. And I actually now she posted some training. She hit like 210 at for two at like an eight RPE. I think that's very valid. Like if they expect it to peak well, I don't think that was a fake opener. So that that I will say though, I'm just letting for Natalie and her coach, people were kind of thinking that in the back room because we were wondering if that was a real attempt because of how high it was. Uh she moved it well. I did not see the first one. I saw the second one. And when I saw the second one live in the crowd, I went, Oh, that's definitely not locked out. Oh and okay. I then have looked back at a lot of her past deadlifts in comparison. I do not think they're the same. I, I do not think she was getting her shoulders back uh, in this meet in comparison to how she was in the past. I looked at the VA pro I've looked at her training. I've even tried to even from a technical coach analysis, coach analysis to kind of get an idea of like, what was she doing different? I couldn't fully tell, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. I don't want to say it, but I, I actually agree with it. Like I act, I mean, I, I thought very much so that it was shoulders forward. And then the third one, she lost grip yeah. before she was able to lock it out. So that, that didn't even matter, it. which goes back. Maybe it goes back to, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Like maybe that was a little bit too high of an opener, especially for the fact that you're battling with Celine and you only needed five kilos over your opener to possibly win. It would, it, it could have been better to open a little bit lighter to be able to kind of get on the board and build some momentum there, knowing that you didn't need that much, but I don't know that that's hearsay because again, her training looked like she had two ten no problem. 
I will say from my opinion, I did think it was red lights. Okay. Well, this has kind of been the same conversation I've been having with a lot of people around the sport of powerlifting because it was, I, I think, the most controversial moment of nationals. Would you guys agree? I don't think there's a whole uh, lot. Of, yeah. I'll say yeah. Yeah, there's not a whole lot yeah. of controversy. I'm not saying that there was like a whole lot of moments. Well, because it, but this, it was the call that was close. Because it's not only affected nationals. This was. Yeah. It was huge. This was huge for the pro series. Mm-hmm. Huge for the pro series because Natalie was pretty much locked to get into the finals, and now she's DQ'd from the finals. Yeah, um, that was huge in so many ways. So yeah, it was. It was. I, I would yes, I would definitely say it was the most controversial. I mean, probably that or uh, Sean missing his second squat and that kind of stuff. Maybe I'm biased in that, but I think that was probably one of the bigger like, uh, like shockers in the sense of like wait he misses second on not living up oh okay okay controversial i'm saying like as far as calls go because like a lifter not sorry to i mean we're kind of used to sean not (laughs) doing well nationals but uh i'm sorry sean i had to get i had to say that but we are kind of used to that um i i think as far as calls go though like that was the most talked about because like i said Talk around the powerlifting world. I had a lot of conversations with this. I didn't. I was in the lift going back to the Airbnb because I was competing the next day, and Joe actually forced me to go home early um, because I had to eat my pint of Ben and Jerry's so I could actually get this gut cut, you know, kind of going. Um, I only got to see the third deadlift, but then when I saw the replays of it, when I saw people talking about it, it was kind of what we just had between Salon and Steve. One saying that they thought the second one was good, and one saying they thought the second one was red lights and they kind of understand it. And everyone else is kind of the same thing. Garrett, I actually think, had a pretty good explanation from it. He's like, I don't know. I and he, I mean, of course, you're going to get the fucking unfiltered truth from Garrett Fear. And he's the biggest red light, white light Nazi judge there is in powerlifting. He's the police when it comes to it. He's like, it was close. I, I don't know if I would have red lighted it, but I could see why you would red light it. And... me I'm the same way like in the moment I think I'm white lighting it but looking at replay I think I'm red lighting it it was a close move so it was a close call whenever it's a close call whatever the decisions a judge make in my opinion is right if you're having people debate about it afterwards whatever call you made on the platform is right because if you have 50% of people saying it's a good call 50% of people saying a bad call that means you did your job as a referee. You made your call on a very close decision, and the jury agreed with it. So I can't say I disagree with the call that's being made, and I think the judges did a good job there. The third one I thought she had. I thought she had it. Like, when she was about to lock that out, I'm like, oh, she's got it. Like, she's actually moving this well. Yeah, and then she just missed grip. It was an unfortunate thing. You don't want to really want to see that trilogy end in that way. You never know. You might see it again with Natalie Richards and Celine Crum. Um, I mean, I could get... I can get a fourth one. I can get a fifth one. I can get a saga between Natalie Richards and Celine Crum. I've seen two of them, and they've both been fantastic. Um, but it was it was a dramatic finish, a photo finish. But I do remember Celine Crum's second or her squat and bench. I'm like, this is a battle. This is not Natalie Richards walking away with this. Celine is on today because her squats looked really. I, I think squat and bench looked really really good and i was just thinking like it's not going to be smooth sailing for natalie richards come deadlift when i was commentating the carolina primetime 
around the first and second attempt, I could kind of tell Natalie was going to win when it came to deadlifts. This time, absolutely not. Celine was there, and in my opinion, on the day, was a better lifter. It's great to see. It's great, and, and it's been a long, and it's also been a long journey for Celine Crum too. Like a lot of adversity, and had to lose, had to lose someone twice before you get there. It's not yeah. easy. Solana, did you did you were you watching in person or on live stream? In person. Because, well, you're going to disagree with this. I thought on live stream it was more debatable that I don't know if it was white or red lights. In person, I thought I was. It was immediate to me. It was immediately like, oh no, that that was not locked out. Mm-hmm. I well, thought I, it, I thought it looked. I thought it looked more shoulders forward in person than I even did in video. I can't get mad at you because I was standing next to all my friends and I asked them like right after a second, I was like, no way, no way. And they were like, actually, I don't know, man. Those shoulders weren't super long. So in the moment, even my friends were like, I don't know. But like, I don't know, man, my point of view, it looked fine. Maybe it's my angle. Maybe I should have if it's moved it, around. But at the end of the day, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things that though, if it's that close that you can't call. I don't know if you can call that a bad call no, because it it's, it's, no. it's 50, 50 to where like, you know what the judges are going to say it it's valid. And it's just something where you have to fix in the future. I mean, I used Demetria like Demetria. I, I didn't think her knees were soft at the VA pro, but you know what? I can kind of see it. And so therefore we had to fix it. Well, I mean, so. it's like every sport, right? Like every sport, when there's a super close call, the fans like to slow it down, super, super slow-mo, and then see like, oh, was he inbounds or out of bounds? And it's like, guys, the referee doesn't see that shit when they're making the call. They see everything in live act, and we do not have that technology in powerlifting, so we can't see that. People are then coming to me with that kind of stuff. For now. For, but still, I think even with that, like people are coming to me with like, them just analyzing it over like a long period of time. Like in powerlifting, you're still going to have to make those quick decision calls, even on instant replay. Like you're going to get that mm-hmm. and it'll be great. And I think it's an easy thing to do, but still it's, I think it's going to make things better. I don't know if it helps out Natalie in this situation. I, I don't know if instant replay would, you know, get those lights, but getting someone telling me like, Oh no, it was a terrible call from the referees. It's like, no, stop. Like, and this is this, and it's a good thing. Cause this is kind of sports fan talk. Um, because people in other sports do this all the time. It bothers me every single time when I talk about, you know, a an, an inch call that the referee should see, and then they slowed it down frame by frame by frame and saying that they got the call wrong. It's like, yeah, when you slowed it down, they had to make the, the call, and it's still even close to call. So anytime in that situation, the referee makes the right call. That is that close. But, yeah, massive, massive, uh, I would say upset there. I because I, I think Natalie Richards going into this was I think the favorite to win lightweight, arguably the person to win the pro. Now things are really shaping up. That's gonna be a great battle um, with Celine Crum thrown in there. But we also had third place there. Gotta give it up. Second. Oh no, so, no, we talked about second and oh, third. Second and third. I'm sorry. No, um, we didn't talk about second. No, we didn't talk about second. I apologize. Yeah, you're right. Because I mean, I was talking about one and two the entire time. So. For second place, we had Caitlin Berry for that. Caitlin Berry. Yep. She had a good meet. I was really excited to see her. I think everyone was most excited to see her bench press. She opened up at 270, which is an all-time PR. And I was just like, what? Like, you know, the range of motion was so... I was, like, the about crowd, to just cry. Yeah, the, I was like, the, the crowd of that watch? is... It's like you get, like, you get, like, oohs and ahs, but then sighs. Like, ugh. Really? <laughs> 
The really like that's her range of motion. Um, yeah, but I mean, you see, I mean, she had a, all right. So fantastic me from Caitlin Barry. Um, I think we talked. I mean, I think Caitlin's a, a two white light pick. I think of one of our top choices to be one of the next up and coming superstars of this sport. Like every, every oh, yeah, with her two other. I mean, with her squat and deadlift. Like mm-hmm. she is going to be an absolute yeah, I mean, so- force. But if, that bench, if though, Celine and Natalie stay in this weight class, I think it's a three-way battle next year. Mm-hmm. At, min- at minimum. That bench, all right. The bench, though, it's great as far as weight lifted. I, I'm, be- I, I'm becoming one of those people where I think I think Joey Flex posted about this. Like it's starting to become like the mix grip trend now, where people are starting to do mix grip because all the best pullers are doing mix grip in the USAPL and IPF. That super high orange, low range of motion bench, the execution and the percentage of those lifts being hit at a big stage is not reassuring to me. And I and I have a hard time trusting it. I don't say change I mean, it, though. Yes, you can't you're not, not going to stop doing it, it because you she can't, can't change bench it. that much if she doesn't. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, you you are taking a super, super big risk whenever you do that. You're, you're probably not going three for three. There's going to be some tough things. But the thing with Caitlin, though, the difference is, is that her her bench has progressed, but it's her squat and her deadlift that's progressing faster. That's the that's the her, reason she is second place. Her bench was already been like this. It's the fact that now her squat and her deadlift are starting to catch up to make her a well-rounded lifter. I think when we did the March Madness last year, we were talking about that with her, like, oh, she's got a you know big bench on her. Um, and that was that was under her uh, her Midland programming too. So we're seeing what happens now if you you know don't have that. Um, you're seeing some great progress from her. But I think that was kind of what we were saying. Like, yeah, she's kind of the future of female powerlifting. She's one of the future lifters. And since then, we've seen incredible progress from her squat and deadlift. I'm in love with her deadlift. That deadlift is gorgeous. So that's where I think she's really going to set herself apart and get be in the battle of kind of like the 82 and a halves for females. Like that's kind of, I think the premier weight class who had just uh, a lineup full of heavy hitters here. Solana. Yeah, no, I fully agree with you. Like it was so exciting to watch her. Um, excellent day for Caitlin. And then we had Charlie Leonard who got third, but only by two and a half kilos. Do you know who pulled last? Because they had the same, um, attempts for deadlifts i don't know because i don't know lot number so i don't know because they put that's the same why i was trying to check it and so both of them I, i'm gonna yeah i don't know i don't know if charlie pulled first or i'm gonna guess caitlin pulled first and since she missed that's why charlie went 195 because that would have been chipped and won it but yeah, charlie had a great meet over the arnold i assume it helps not doing a super total meet in the same weekend. And even with that, she actually didn't, she had a great meet, but yeah, she didn't. She only went six for nine. Um, I'd be very interested to see her in the future. I mean, she's, she's really made some amazing progress. I know she kind of does dual sport, but I mean, I don't know. This weight class is super interesting. Like the 56, I said, it could be a big mix up this one. I think it could be a mix up, but in the sense of like, who's battling for first. Um, but I think we know who's going to kind of be there. I think it's going to kind of be Celine, Caitlin, Charlie, Christian, and and Natalie for the foreseeable future. If they all stay in the USAPL, cause they're all, yeah, they're all well, putting up amazing numbers. I fully agree with you. I want to mention something. So we saw a lifter that I don't think anyone's heard of a Okay. So when I saw her go out there, 
she did not have a good meet. Like she went like three for nine, right? But what I will attempts. say, yes, but yes, her attempt selection was not good. <laughs> she came out there every single first attempt. First attempt squat was like an RPE ten. I was like, either you are like a Kim Walford kind of person who can just grind stuff out and like everything looks hard, or we're not going to have a good day here. But even with three for nine, the fact that she got fifth, and I know she's looking for a coach right now, she just needs a coach to help her. If she gets a coach, she can be great. She can be great. She just needs guidance and help. That's all she needs because her attempt selection is very off. I'm 99% sure she does not have a coach at all. So I'm just saying she didn't, she didn't uh, market for a coach. And if she has, she gets one and she takes it seriously. She can prioritize this. I know she's in med school too, I think. But if she can prioritize this. Like, I want to see where she can go. Solana, get on coaching her. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Oh, this we're, is a good she's, she's, a, she's on my DMs. Yeah. So I was talking good. about it. Yeah. So I was like, I'm like, this is a perfect good. plug for yourself here. She's listening to this podcast. Uh, I know, I know, I know potentially Steve has got some clients based on this podcast. So, uh, yeah, I might, I might, I might have someone in this weight class I'm coaching now that we can battle if you, if you coach, uh, Doug Masola. Yeah. Okay. So now I think you have to come to me. So hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, me, me and Solana can have a coaching battle. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just really excited with this weight class. I mean, you're seeing a ton of great things from it, and I think it's only going to get better. And also, we're talking about young lifters too with uh, Christian, uh, Caitlin Berry. Um, I, I apologize. Uh, Maria Daly, is she up a weight class? I don't know what she, oh, she, yeah, she, she's not in this weight class. Okay, she's six, in seven, the, half. she's two weight classes up. She's 75 she's kilo. Six or 75. Yeah, okay. you're you're really wrong there. Yeah, that's, really that's, 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 like, extra, that's extra bad journalism. Yeah, that's melancholy. That's melan. That's not melancholy. That's not even the right word. You're using the word incorrectly, right? I just I felt like I just felt like saying it. It had nothing to do with it. Oh, I at the Arnold, I thought she was within that weight range. Nope. Okay, well, I was wrong there. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, my bad. Hold on, I gotta check something really quick. But uh, I, yeah, it was a good weight class. Um, incredible battle there. We're going to see that weight class unfold. Um, do we have any last thoughts on that? Because I know it was a lot, it was a big weight class. No, I mean, just kudos no, to Celine for executing. Amazing Arnold, amazing nationals. She's going to be hard to beat in the future because she doesn't miss. I, I think she's gotten to a groove now where she's not going to be missing lifts. Um, she's just going to be hard to beat because of that. I mean, yeah, that is three straight nine for nine meets. Yeah. Three straight nine for nine meets and two eight for nines before that. She had some rough meets when she first started out, but I mean, she's kind of settled into like being just a game day executioner. And so I, she's just, she, even if Natalie comes in stronger, she's going to be hard to beat because Celine's just not missing lifts anymore. Mm-hmm. And something you mentioned that I always love seeing, like when someone is strong, but they're not a super technical lifter, like conventional stance, like full like longer range of motion person. So it's straight up just strength. It's not even like you have to do all this technical stuff. It's just so much fun fun to watch. And you're like, yeah, you're going to be harder to – like, it's going to be better for you to not miss lists because it's easier for you to not to. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's, uh, that's a good point there. All right. So, on to another incredibly interesting weight class, 67 and a half. All right. So, this is big as far as the winner go. Gabby Martinez takes on Sam Calhoun and beats her. Anytime you can beat Sam Calhoun in this way, in a weight class, it's a huge win. Um, Sam Calhoun's a legend. She's been uh, domestically kind of dominating the scene. Um, her accolades are very well known in powerlifting. Best overall female lifter, I think, in the USAPL and IPF at some point, um, as far as you know, formula goes. So, in order to beat this lifter, 
is an incredible accolade. Gabby Martinez is young. She has been, you know, really one of the hardest workers as far as plugging away and an incredibly fierce competitor as well. So I know this win meets a lot for her, even though she was still like, eh, it wasn't like the performance that I exactly wanted. But with Sam Calhoun weighing less than her, it kind of led to this weird dot situation there, and that kind of has a thing as far as being uh, in the pro series. You were raising your hand, Oracle. Why? I'm just raising my, my hand in uh, the Oracle fashion. Did I not say this is exactly what would happen? Oh, yeah, you did. We all agree. Did I not? We didn't, we didn't no, you definitely what could happen. You both picked Sam. Someone checked and the nothing tapes. against Sam, but I, I said well, that Gabby could... would win, but Sam would win on dots. Okay. Did okay. I not all say right, that this right would be the that. exact That's scenario exactly that would happen? That's exactly what you said, yes. Okay, well, I mean, that scenario is yes. likely. We just we pick Sam because it's hard to get I don't care. Sam. I'm going to rub it in. You already know it's <laughs> going to happen. Bitch the one time I'm right, I'm going to rub it in and play up the Oracle thing so it lasts forever. All right. Well, yeah. Anyway, yeah. If you so... can do your research on that, I will. I will continuously guess and go on gut reaction and still get things right. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was a fantastic competition between the two. Um, didn't get to see a whole lot of it, unfortunately. This is going to be kind of the weird one here because all of us were incredibly busy during the session, competing, coaching, and competing. So. Yep. Yeah. I got to watch enough of it. I mean, to be honest, I paid a decent amount of attention because I was like, I had to know stuff for the PV show. I mean, for the recap show. But, you know, overall, um, Gabby came in. Like, they both had her and Sam. Very strong squats. Of course, Sam three for three. Gabby three for three. Hitting that 418 squat that she had missed at the Grand Prix. I know she was happy about that. She talked about the podcast about how mad she was that she missed that attempt. So she hits 418, nails it. I watched it again on the live stream. It looked good. Like, it wasn't even a grinder. So I'm like, that was excellent. Comes into bench press. She has 264.5. That is still a PR for her, even though she missed her third attempt. And like we, I, I had mentioned this in our previous show, Sam Calhoun, it um, that weight cut knocked a little bit off her bench press, which I thought would happen because she had just PR'd her bench at the Grand Prix. And I was like, when you're cutting, will you hold on to that bench PR? She did not. Um, but she still went three for three for bench press. And then we get to deadlifts and Gabby goes two for three, but she pretty much had it essentially beat after that second attempt. You know, she missed her third at 485 because Sam goes for four. She goes 499. Even if she had hit that, she still would not have beaten Gabby, but she missed it right at the top. Um, lose, lose balance and kind of just has to drop it. So overall, um, it was a great battle. It was essentially a battle until deadlifts. And one thing I will mention about Sam before I get into everyone else, because it's a stats class, as we all know. Um, Sam weighed in. We, we knew she was probably going to be around 63, but she was like 61.9, like super, super light. So I talked to her about that, and we were joking around, saying, like, you should just be 60. Like, that's so close to 60. And um, she will be. All right, I was afraid Ooh. to mention that. I kind of wondered that, yeah. Yeah, I was afraid to mention that because so many conversations happen where I forget what's confidential and what's not confidential. So I think we do a pretty good job of not releasing anything, but that's in- – so we're just talking about the 60-kilo weight class being incredibly interesting. Well, we throw Sam Calhoun in the mix, yeah, it's even more interesting now. I mean, you have one of the best female lifters in this federation's history – competing within that uh, within that weight class, and it's going to be great. But, you know, it's weird. It's kind of strange between Gabby and Sam because I would say Sam 
this is where you see the like the little the issue with that weight change um, going from the IPF to this because Sam is more of a sixty three, and Gabby's more of a sixty nine kilo lifter. So like mm-hmm. that's kind of the strange thing you get, and you do get a weird gap between them because like Sam can make it down to sixty kilos, and Gabby Martinez I think is a perfect sixty nine kilo lifter. Like I that's that's where I think to be the weight class for her to you know get herself a position on to or get herself a position to be the best in the world there too. I mean, she's the best six seven and a half kilo lifter though in the world. Um, like it's. It, it is interesting, like, between the two as far as uh, the battle goes because of the weight difference. And, yeah, and what I agree. I'll Ga- what I'll say with Gabby, too, and credit to her, she totals seven and a half more than Cam- Sam Calhoun's ever done. So I don't know if Sam, if she didn't cut, could have beat Gabby on total. But I really like the idea of Sam going up. Like, like Angelo said, like, I don't think this is a natural weight class for Sam, where for Gabby this is. And so it's going to be hard to keep up with Gabby. She's going to keep progressing here. Maybe I'm skipping ahead and you have, you can ch- chime in with Gabby and Sam stuff, but I'm, I'm going to bring up honestly, the biggest shocker. And it, it's kind of weird to call this a shocker is the fact that Jen Thompson PR'd her total and almost got second place. I'm not completely shocked. It's, it's, it's more so the fact that I think we all thought like, her deadlift has been an issue ever since her hip surgery. And I didn't know her deadlift was back like that. Um, that, I mean, I knew she could squat. I knew she could bench. I didn't know she could deadlift 440 any again. Um, and the fact that she could, I mean, she PR'd her total at what, what was her 48 years old after doing two bench only meets, she did single ply and raw bench only. She did both. I don't know if she even did single ply. I maybe I think she maybe just did raw and competed single ply and just won it anyways. Um, honestly, I mean, one of the most impressive performances of the entire weekend was Jen Thompson at 48 years old, PRing her total after hip surgery. That was incredible, absolutely incredible. I I I I I, I couldn't believe that when I went and looked at the scoreboard afterwards because again I wasn't really paying attention too much other than just I saw Gabby won and Sam was second, and then when I saw Jen was and third and PR'd her total. I was like, Holy cow. Yeah. I had, to, I, had to, I had to come to Modi, uh, moment on the platform. Like I, or when we podiumed, like I, cause I was not keeping track of anything during the competition. So everything was a surprise to me. Uh, Gabby getting first place. I'm like, Oh shit. Like she beat Sam Calhoun. That's <laughs> fucking nuts. I'm like, I didn't know. Like I was probably mildly concussed still. So like, I didn't know what was going on. And I saw that. I'm like, that's huge. Gabby Martinez beating Sam is massive. And then when I saw Jen get third, I'm like, this is a, it's not an easy weight class to get third on. It's just not. Um, and no, I mean, knowing she's 48 years old, still moving that weight and still being up there as far as podium positions go and going to find herself in the pro series, um, at championships, that's going to be huge too. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's something that, I mean, I think I think I think everyone knows how difficult it is to have that longevity, but it kind of gets forgotten just a little bit because people get so hypnotized about the best lifters and the people who are going to be in the top three. Um, that's just unbelievable. And I interesting fully agree. note. Go ahead. Okay, I was going to say, yep, that was crazy, and also to look at the other people like Jordan, like I thought she would go off with the deadlift and like her third was pretty conservative and it looked conservative on the platform. She had 501.5. Her best in comp is 518. Was that 
by itself. Is that the pro deadlift? I was about to say, oh, okay. The pro deadlift, she had 513, my bad. So, okay, so she matched essentially her best in comp with that 501. It, again, like, it didn't move super hard. So I'm um, not quite sure why she, like, kind of played conservative there. I think she maybe just so, some pain. But. Uh, no, uh, that was simply to secure a pro card. Oh, never mind. So uh, they, I don't think they thought they could pull in the third to get a pro card. So they wanted to load something on to secure a dot score that they knew would get one of the five wild cards. And, and Jordan was first. Jordan was first place of all females who were not top three. And so that's why they did it. They just wanted to make sure to secure the pro card. And that was the primary goal. Uh, and what I was going to say before we, we kind of talked over each other a little bit, um, Sam, Jen, and Jordan all underweight. I think maybe Jordan's the more important one there because Sam, we know, is going down now from the inside information from Solana. Jen, I don't think she really cares to, like, fill out this weight class. She probably just kind of feels comfortable there. I mean, she's lifted so long, and she's probably just going to be around, like, 142, 143. Jordan, though, still, she, she weighed in at 141. She could very well fill out this weight class. And, again, that will be something interesting in the future. I think Gabby is definitely the favorite here. But uh, – I'll be very interested in, as Jordan fills out this weight class, how that will play out in the coming years. Mm -hmm. And you saw some, I mean, there's this is another weight class where I think you're going to see the most dense population as well. Um, you're going to see a lot of lifters going to 60 and 67 and a half. And you've seen that too, as you know, even out of the podium position. So um, for 67 and a half, Haley Hunter, excellent young lifter. I think she could make her way up just going into that uh, top five to top three range. Uh, Elisha Gardner, we know a lot about her past performances. It was on, it was on for prime time. Um, also a young lifter. I, you know, she just competed. She competed at junior nationals too, getting herself into this position at prime time. Um, I mean, again, like, and then this all in this fray, you had Jen Milliken competing there too. Like, yeah, it, Julia Williams, I know for a fact, she locked out her third deadlift, but got two red lights. So it was just kind of a tough call. But I know I, I was actually, she was on the platform I was on with my two masters lifters and she wanted to go protest, but in the regular sessions, there's yeah. no jury. Yeah. Um, so she couldn't protest. She was that deadlift away from possibly being six. So yeah, it's just, it's very deep. Like Gabby was kind of the runaway favorite, but if you were to take away Gabby from Sam all the way down, really to Brianna Abbott, uh, Abbott, it's darn close. Mm. I mean, it, it's it, it, we already knew it. It's, it's just it's it's the eighty. This is about this is like the eighty-two to eight ninety-three kilo weight class of the women's side. Mm. Yeah. Also, that whole no jury thing, like that's not supposed to happen. I there's they don't have no volunteers. Yeah, I again, really? you can't you can't get away. That happened in two thousand nineteen as well. That was two thousand nineteen as well. They don't have enough volunteers during those four platform sessions, so they can't have a jury. It happened. At, it happened. Um, at collegiate so too. yeah, if if people don't like that, you need. We need more national referees. That's just the okay. that's just the yeah, fact. That's one thing. Like, if we don't get more national referees, we can't have juries. Yeah, you can't blame like that's one thing. I'm like, yeah, you definitely can't blame the USAPL on that one. It's just you, the the amount of referees and it's a lot with four platforms. Um uh Cassandra Carlton, oh. I think she broke into your top three, Steve, as well. Didn't have the best meat. Um just based Good on meat. numbers. She had her pro card. Good yeah. meat, but just not a perfect meat. I mean, she went Six for nine squat just didn't go very well in particular. I think there was maybe a depth call. In yeah, her I think she got red. She I don't think she missed third. it on strength at all. I think uh, there was, was it, a few red lights. Yeah, I, yeah, it was depth. I'm only okay. yeah, only thing I know is just red lights. That's all I know. <laughs> like I saw, I heard on the platform two red lights, unfortunately, and that's that's it. 
I could have been on anything. I have no idea. Still, still a decent meet considering it's nationals and again, fifth place in a stack weight class and getting a pro card. But uh, if she had hit those, that second and that third attempt, because actually I think I remember that because I think autumn was right after her. Cause we're going to get to autumn in just a second. I was handling autumn during this time. If she would have hit that third, I think that would have bumped her up. Mate, if she'd hit that third, maybe that actually puts her in the third place over Jen. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah, if she had hit her third squat and everything else played out the same, she would be third over Jen. So just a little bit of a depth issue to overcome, um, and that would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So. Last thing I, I want to mention is uh, I watched a morning session beforehand because I knew we had Haley Hunter in there, but I didn't know about Maria Rojas Chacon, and she did great. Mm-hmm. She got six, had ten fifty eight total, and she went nine for nine. And I was like, oh, okay. So we gotta pay attention to her too because. Let's see, that was a big jump. I mean, her last meet I'm seeing here was January and she totaled 1,003. And before that, it was all 900 or something like that. And like, then she gains, that's 55 pounds, like 20 kilos. No, that's more than that. Like 25 kilos um, from the January meets now. So she's coming up fast. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, definitely got to look at the regular session for those types of weight classes. All right. Well, we are two hours in. I know what I could use right now. Some obsidian, ammonia, smelling salts. Steve, do it. I got mine in today. I literally, so I got mine in today. Um, I got some hype dust and they sent me some nose bleach for, uh, for free as well. Um, I opened the nose bleach in the packet. And I was like, I was, is it leaking? And it wasn't leaking, but I sniffed the package. I thought my nose started bleeding. It was so strong. I legitimately thought my nose was going to start bleeding. Um, but should, should we do a hit right now on air? Do it. Do it right now. I don't have mine. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do a hit on air. Do All it. right. I've got the hype dust here. All right. I, ha- I got the, the, the nose bleach over there, but I haven't tried that one. I opened the hype dust. Let's do a hit. Let's go. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, you leaned into oh. that really hard. Mm. <laughs> I didn't even get that close. No, you didn't, but you you went full bottle open. I love it. I love the I commitment. Went, yeah, I did go You're full crying. bottle open. I did a full sniff, but you I didn't even crying. get that close, and that yeah. freaking just made my butthole tingle. Yeah, you're crying. Like my like butthole a, is still tingling. Crying like a bitch, too. Good Lord. Use promo yeah, code 2 wl This is on YouTube. You see yeah, my eyes right now. You look horrible right oh, now. Gosh. Oh, my God. It looks like you just found out the Beatles mm. broke up. My Lord, you're crying horribly. Use promo code 2 wl 15 on all Obsidian Ammonia smelling salts. Go to HypeDust.com. You can look like Steve right now because he is still wiping the tears from his eyes. He is trying to blink them out, and it's not going to work. He... Just took a big hit, and I think he's energized for the next hour of this episode. It's going to be a long one, ladies and gentlemen. You need these for long workouts. You need them from in competition. Go to HypeDust.com. Use Obsidian Smelling Cells. I actually uh, recommend the inhaler um, and the the Hype Dust or the nose base package. One? Yeah. Yeah, that one that you're seeing right there. How do you even? How do you even? How do you even? I haven't used it yet. I don't know. I do another hit. Do it right now for everyone. Top on. Yeah. The top on screws. Do it. (laughs) Do it. I don't. I'm scared. (laughs) I'm literally. I don't know how. 
I, I need to be instructed on how to use this. <laughs> this <laughs> no. feels weird. Like, I feel like this is supposed to go up someplace that I don't want it it's to go It's a suppository. Up. It's the first ever if suppository. If anyone was looking at this, it looks like a mini dildo. It and does. I don't know where this is supposed to go into. I don't know if that's a good it or bad. It's like a tampon. I don't know. Okay. Guys, I, we're ad reading well, for them. I don't I know these are good. I would probably say that if it was a female, but unfortunately, like, uh, I'm not going to put it in my version of that. Uh, my wife actually does anesthesia, and she works I, on random stories. I thought that uh, was going to you know go somewhere else. how many people stick stuff up their urethra? That's a funny thing. If you know. ever want to know, message my wife. That if That is something she deals on a weekly basis of people sticking stuff up. Things okay. that should never go up that hole. If you guys watch the news, like random story. I have a lot of stuff. I, 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 I've, that I've, happens a lot too. But I can, un- I can semi understand that one. Right. I don't understand sticking needles up other places. Well, when you went towards immediately when you're talking about shoving stuff up your ass and you said your wife, I'm like, all right, we don't need to know everything that goes on. Uh, so was, I'm like, I don't know where this is going. Like, cause sometimes yeah, today has been a weird, like you, you start off a sentence what? and you don't know where it's going to end. I mean, I guess it's one of my group chats, right? The uh, urethra. One of my group chats with local lifters is called deep butt stuff because it turned too often into my wife talking about her night shift. Oh, uh, okay. Again. stories about things that got stuck up places they shouldn't be ah. and uh random again random fun fact if a guy does that he has very interesting stories if a woman does it if a female does it she's like yep yeah, i was trying to have fun and it just got lost all right versus a guy will say oh yeah i got robbed and before the robbers left they decided to stick a drill bit up my butthole and i don't know why they did that but now it's stuck yeah. there they always have a story. Guys usually, always have a story. Usually that happens for armed robberies is they shove something up your ass before you do it. By the way, guys, buy obsidian <laughs> ammonia smelling salts. I think I think they should get a sale out of this ad read, right? Like one come on, like use promo code two WL fifteen because we gave you a lot there. Um also don't try to shove it up your ass. We don't want Steve's wife to work on that. Uh yes. or see you. It's gonna burn, man. But if you Woo. do <laughs> Make sure you use promo code 2WL15, just regardless if you decide to do that. All right. Hey, 75 kilo women. That's your intro, like, technically. Um, all right. Oh. So, I guess. I don't know. I, I guess that's how it works out. Also, I'd like to point out just a quick correction. I'm a dumbass. I think you guys already knew that. Everyone listening, in agreements, mm-hmm. I'm a dumbass. I meant to bring up Maya Wright, not Maria Daly. I don't know what the fuck happened in my brain. Maya Wright's in 56 kilos. Oh, I was like, wait, yeah, hold on. I'm like, there's no way my – I was like, I got those two mixed up somehow. I think it's because they're relatively low-key. I still bad journalism because I didn't know the name. But that's what I was thinking of. Maya yes. Wright, who's a fucking Maya beast. Maya Wright. 56 She would have been the favorite going in yeah. if she competed. And then I kind I got those 56 and 60s confused. So there we go. 75 kilo weight class. So the favorite one in Jasmine Penn, awesome to see. Um, I, you know, a person that I, I think you could kind of slate her up there as the favorite going in. And then as, you know, things unfold, we'll see some contenders kind of come up there, but you know, it's sometimes hard to talk about a lifter who had their selves a, a performance that got on first one. We we're expecting to get first a defending champion from last year in the 76 kilo weight class has a kill less to work on. Um, what did, again, this is a, another one of those weight classes that I just could not see because we were competing. Solana, Steve. Yeah, I pay attention. Okay. All right. So we had Jasmine Penn come out. And first of all, I was like, oh my gosh, it's about to be a repeat of another year because she comes out, hits her opener, gets three red lights. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm like, oh, my Lord. Then she comes out, repeats it. He's 418. Now I'm like, wait, what does this mean? Because I'm like looking at Steve, uh, <laughs> paying attention to Autumn. And then Jasmine comes out for the third and gets two red lights for 451 pounds. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, like she might not win. Like she only got one attempt. But then they overturned it. I didn't she even gets know that. that. Third spot. You didn't what? I had no idea. I think I was paying they attention to Autumn. I didn't, I didn't know yeah, that you should know that. it yeah, was red lights and person overturned. Yeah, you should probably know that. Well, yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I knew at the point I needed to that she hit the lift, but no, I did not know in the moment. Because I, I was having to rush between Autumn and Sean. So as soon as Autumn hit her squat, I was rushing over to Sean to help him out because he was getting into squats and, and whatnot. So I didn't even know that. Okay, go on squat. I didn't even know that. That was That's well, next to me right now. So that happened. And watching, uh, we had Claire's eye. So Claire, you know, she gets to move up, move up a weight class, weighs in, weighs in at 161. So actually, I didn't even know what she weighed in at. But um, I'm like, okay, I'm expecting her to surpass at least 407 because we saw her hit 407 at like RPE like six and on her Instagram. She comes out his 413. It literally moved like, I don't want to say opener, but a second, a light second. Yeah, like I'm easy. like, she that had, was she stupid. Had more, she had more like, in the tank on her third. I'm like, yo, she could have jumped, like, I think she could have jumped seven and a half kilos. I'm not even lying. Um, but she took it easy, you know, hit the 413 with a PR. She's really, really hyped. Um, we see Autumn come out and smash 446. That was really cool to watch, too. She gets all three of her attempts. So at this point, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, her and Jasmine are kind of close. And then we get to bench press. Jasmine hits her 281 bench, so she gets all three of her benches. And... That was where she like really started to take that lead because she's got a big bench above Claire and Autumn. Claire hits 270, which was what she also hits in the bench nationals she did like two days prior. So matches her best, which is great. And then we have Autumn come out and she get all three. I know she hit 242. Nope. Autumn hit two deadlifts and then we really just put on the bar what we needed to. Uh, Claire had body weight advantage, so we had to jump Claire by two and a half. So we went up to 468. Um, wasn't quite there, but that was what Autumn would have needed. Honestly, I don't think even if Autumn would have hit that, Claire's 479 wasn't very hard. I think she could have mm-hmm. gone more. Uh, Autumn had a good day. It wasn't the perfect day and we probably needed the perfect day to be able to match Claire. I, I can tell you, like, between me and Jordan, who was handling Claire, we were, we were pretty much looking at each other all day. I think Jasmine pretty much, after after the fact that she obviously got that third overturn, after that happened, Jasmine, I think, was pretty clearly in the lead. It was more uh, Claire and Autumn were battling, and it was kind of coming down to the fact that Claire had advantage, and then Autumn was trying to kind of match based on deadlifts, so we were trying to jump Claire by two and a half kilos each time um, to be able to kind of retake the, the, the subtotal lead, or not the subtotal lead, but the forecasted lead. But, yeah, we put it on to the five kilos more for four. 68 wasn't quite there for autumn so that had it wrapped up for claire at that point and then she put on what she wanted just to kind of solidify her total for her third yep and she smashed it um with 479 and then jen comes out she goes three for three for no she goes two for three for her deadlift so she gets first gets second 462 again she was in the lead by such this point didn't really matter goes to 474 misses it just doesn't have the strength for her day but all in all i think what I take from this, like with Claire being this big class and how easy everything moved, come next year, I think she'll be fighting Jasmine 100 percent for first place. Well, I'm gonna be biased. I'm gonna say I think I think it can be a three-way battle because Jasmine's kind of been in the same spot for a while. I think she has a pretty busy lifestyle still in school. She's been at that like 545 range. 
uh, Autumn added 20 kilos. Obviously, Claire added 20 kilos from her Arnold. If they both add another 20 kilos, that's three people going over 540 next year. So obviously Claire has the ability because she's obviously going up a weight class that that's very, very beneficial for. But I think honestly, it could be a three-way battle next year. I think that is very, very likely. Mm -hmm. um, we'll see if anyone else, we'll talk about other people. We'll see if anyone comes to bump up, but it was, it was a pretty distinct like top three and then the drop off from there though. Yeah. Uh, we had some really, but yeah. Yeah. I believe and I got my top three in order. Anyways, go ahead. Congratulations on that. Did I, I, I had a, of course I picked Autumn uh, second. I do not regret that. No regrets there. Um, yeah, four and five. Was Shannon Carr fourth? Yes. Yes. Okay. And, and they another... got the same total as Latanya Wise. Did you see any of uh, uh, Latanya's lifts? Shannon I'm a little bit more familiar with, Nori Athlete. Um, seen some pretty good work she's been doing over the years. Get herself in fourth, and that's actually, you know, that's a regular session, fourth place. It's uh, not the most... N not the easiest thing to do. Um, so, and I also a young lifter as well. Uh, Lady died, just missed that fifth place spot. I know on her squat, um, she was not able to get that. She was upset, but again, you know, this is why you kind of shoot for that prime time to know exactly what you have to hit in order to like kind of solidify yourself into a fit, at least a five to three range, like put yourself in that position. Um, but yeah, this is, I apologize for the people listening. This is the weight class and I'm the six, seven, half kilos too, where I just could not really, keep track of um at all like i was way too out of it and also solana hats off to you you've been paying attention even though you're competing i cannot do that like i i will not even paying attention to fucking like nori or russ and rudin so i like i gotta give you kudos there because that's a very difficult thing to do i'll be honest i think i was more focused on watching everything than my own competition <laughs> but i enjoyed that i was chilling man we, i was just happy to be there we appreciate the sacrifice Thank you. That's uh, it's gonna be needed for us. All right, can we move on <laughs> to the eighty-two and a halves? I think so. All right, eighty-two and a halves. Our girl K won. We all had her winning. Um, I, another great no, week for yeah. No, no every single one of us. Yeah, yeah, I'm at the Google sheet, Steve. Oh wait, know it all. <laughs> I thought Solana picked Michelle. Or no, you no. no, we were pretty. All right, so. Yeah, I so never changed it to Michelle, but I talked about how I thought Michelle could break out. Okay, yeah. And this okay. in the episode after we did the preview show. Yeah. Okay. And we'll talk about that because I actually think that's pretty interesting there, that second place. Because I that was commentating this, so I actually did get to watch. Um but Kay, incredibly happy for ends up winning. Um well deserved too. I mean, favorite going in, works her ass off to get into this position and has done a fantastic job there. Um, I think this is a great weight class for her. Um, I know there was a little bit of a difference there between 82 and a half and 90 where she's going to go. I think, you know, with the, I, I, from my understanding takes a relatively big weight cut, right? To 82 and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, okay. I'm not mistaken there. Um, also big week for her. Hey, Kay, you should have told me you were getting married. I was there. What the no, tell me I'm her favorite co-host. I, I didn't I get the invite. Uh, in the bridal party for choosing her last year and this year. Yeah. Why I, am I not in the bridal party, Kay? I, I thought my girlfriend would at least get the invite. Maybe not me. 
at least my girlfriend. I don't know. I, I'm giving you a hard time. But, yeah, I didn't know that. I just saw on the store. I'm like, that's fucking amazing. Um, and so that, I mean, her and Celine Crum, right, with a fantastic week in life, in oh, life, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, just both get married and both winning nationals. You got to love it. Um, again, incredibly happy for her. Uh, deserves it. Uh, look great all day. Um, Michelle Robbins, though. Someone we, again, like, not a whole lot of information going into the preview. I think you nailed it right on the head, Solana. Like, openers were set too high. It was a bit of a roller coaster. Squats were a bit high. Everything was a bit uncertain, janky kind of lifts, and gets second. That's how strong she is. Just fucking, yeah. just fucking strong. So she's incredible. If she, she's someone that I don't know if she has a coach, but if she does, uh, I'm going to say it, maybe get a new coach. Um, <laughs> if she get someone that can help her lifting the competition standard better. She's incredibly strong. Honestly, I mean, I'm going to say it like I love Kay, but Kay struggles to get this weight class. Um, Michelle is underweight for this weight class. Mm-hmm. If she can get her execution and lift the comp standard better, this is probably her weight class for the future. Yeah, I know. She's legit four kilos under like that's She's way underweight. So Michelle, if you happen to listen to this, I'm a, DM you this podcast. Please listen to it. <laughs> I'll give you literally the timestamp. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just get, get yeah. a coach. Yeah. That'll be, yeah. That'll be a really good podcast to listen to. It's like, we mentioned you and we immediately said you should get a coach, but I mean, I mean, the compliment's still there, right? Just, I was watching. Yes. I'm like, so incredibly oh, strong. Oh, there's a lot of strength I mean, here. I'm new like, lifter, clearly in second the entire unreal time. To- and kind of like challenging K the entire time as well. Like it wasn't, fully locked up for K. Like, we usually, when you see a meet like that, that's, you know, what was it, five for nine? It wasn't a great Six for meet. nine or five for nine. It, it, it was not a Five for meet. nine. Okay, so, yeah. Whenever you get that, that's, and still pushing for the win, that's crazy. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I said it right. Like, and, I don't know and even, working, and I don't know much about her at even all. Even for even for Kay, I'll give credit. I think she had more on deadlift. She just pulled what she needed to win. She still hit a two and a half kilo PR total at this weight class over last year's national. I think she likely could have loaded more on deadlift if she needed it. She just didn't need it. But I, I think she's pretty, she, she said that like, this wasn't like a great meet because of the weight cut, but she did what she needed to do. She's just a clutch puller. If you need to load the bar up for a third attempt, you pick K web to pull it. Yeah. That's a very good point. That's the one good thing about having deadlift in your back pocket. If you can, uh, Stay in it for the whole meet and then pull for the win. You're in a pretty good spot. Mm-hmm. So, hats off to K. I'm excited because I really, at one point, was like, will she make weights for the weight class? And she did. So, that yep. was a big cut. I know it was tough for her. And, like, just talking to her a little bit after, like, her and her her new wife, uh, they both talked about how it was a rough cut. <laughs> but she got through it and showed out. And third place, only one person picked Michael Ward. Do we know who that is? Is it you? Hmm. Yeah, we know. It was me. Yeah. I was the only oh one who picked him. Picked her. Yeah. I, I, Third I'm, place. Yeah. I'm a she bit. had a really good meet as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did. Yeah. And she looked, you know, relatively ben. good throughout the day. Uh, I think it was a 20, 25 kilo PR total. Yeah. So really, really good meet from her. She's another one. That, I mean, I could see her being in the challenging for possible, uh, first place next year if she kind of continues on the trajectory because she's pretty new to lifting in general or at least new to powerlifting in general and it's making some pretty rapid progress so um and then that was real close with her and uh tiana cotney though um 
don't know. I don't even, I, I didn't watch this session. This was me and my wife's date night. Mm. Was Tiana in prime time with Micah? Were they going kind of back and forth? And then Micah kind of pulled into, into third place after Tiana pulled? Or is in Tiana, was she in the uh, morning session? I believe, I yeah, that was the morning session. So we had to bring that up on the okay. live stream. Yeah, because I think everyone you're seeing, yeah, Michelle, Kiana, Abby, Elantra, and Miko were the ones who were, um, they were, um, they were competing live stream. No, they're, no, they're competing. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, Tiana was not in prime time. Mm -hmm. uh, Micah was. So yes, so that that was a benefit for Micah. Maybe if Tiana was in prime time, that could have been a little bit different. She could have been strategic there with attempt selection to kind of go back and forth. But that allowed Micah. Obviously, she knew what she needed to pull. Jumped up ten kilos, is able to pull into third place. So, yeah, just like you mentioned, Mike is making making rapid progress. I see about a twenty and twenty two and a half kilo jump from January to now. And like you said, she's very new. She started in twenty nineteen and has only done four meets. So we can definitely see this be a a battle next year, depending on if someone gets a better coach and if Kay stays in the weight class, which I think she will. If I have to guess. Yeah, yeah, Kay probably will because I mean we're going to talk about it soon. The issue going up a weight class is who's in the next weight class. Yeah, want to want to bring it up now? Unless we have some closing toss on eighty two. Yeah, I think we're good. I mean, it's going up to the ninety kilos. It was the return of Daniela Mello, which it is interesting. I think Daniela did. She was about spot on with what we projected. I projected Daniela at twelve fifty ish, and she hit twelve fifty seven. But I don't. She didn't have like an easy win. Now I don't think she ever was in risk of losing. But Carly and Marina had meets, I think, well above what we expect, especially Carly, because I think she had a private account. We didn't really project anything for her or nor talk about her nearly enough, nor was Carly. Carly wasn't in primetime either, correct? She was, she was in the morning session. So mm -hmm. she set that total in the morning session, and it lasted all the way through. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, get, I still don't know enough about Carly. I wonder if she can challenge Daniela in the future. I mean, that's the biggest question mark there. I mean, I think there's no surprise Daniela won, had a fantastic meet. I think my biggest thing there was the breakout of Carly, though. Yeah. I, I will, I mean, I will have to say, Maria Sheldon, we definitely overlooked her on the podcast. Um, I think, yeah, Steve and I did not have her, have her in our t two and three. Solana did have her seconds. We did not, and really, the evidence was there where she could add a like a, a meet that I like saying that you're going to challenge an animal is difficult. But we were watching the live stream, like, and commentating it, like it's not like Daniela says to miss or make her lifts. Now, is Daniela going to hit her lifts? I'm pretty confident that she would, especially because it's kind of like her return getting onto the platform. You're gonna and Noriega is going to put in something that's going to be safe for her to hit, but you know, like. Marina was pushing her at least, and yeah, we overlooked. Hand up, we overlooked you as good as advertised, um, and looked really. And I think that's a person. I, if you're saying Carly, I'm saying more Marina. Um, both of which, both of which can push Daniela Mello, and there's not a lot of females in the world who can say that. Hundred percent. Marina walked up to me before she competed, and she was like, "Hey, I'm Marina." I was like, "Oh my gosh, hi!" She was like, "I'm so happy you chose me." Like, she's like, "I was so pissed off at Angelo." I don't think she mentioned Steve. Yeah, yeah she just said I was so pissed off at Angelo. Yeah, yeah like he always, didn't even talk about me. That always happens. But yo, man. she did. But she said she do. Like, she had a strong me, and I also 
see her just really building up in the future. She had a good day. Wish she got the last deadlift, but I want to see her hit it next yeah. time. Yeah, and also, I mean, uh, again, that's that's a chop on my end. That's that's me panned up, admitting I was wrong because it's not like she's some lifter that, like, we haven't seen. Like, she's had good meets. Well, she's had really good meets. Again, there's no videos on her Instagram page. Reina, I'm not. I'm not going. Yeah, I had well, that no, as a note. She, again, I don't remember, good, but I, there was meets. no videos. So, like, yes, we overlooked her, but there's only so much we can do when we don't have any information. So if we don't have, we, we meant, I literally mentioned like that I could see her based on her trajectory, like being in position to be top three. But since I didn't have any video proof, I wasn't going to put her there because I at least had some video evidence of some other lifters doing things. So yes, I agree. Like she definitely like showed out and we didn't pick her. And so we're wrong there. But again, if someone doesn't post videos on Instagram, that is our only way to ever know of any information about how someone's lifting's going. Yeah. And moving forward, guys, if you want to mention on the podcast, please post your lifts. It's not hard to do. Just post them. I promise you, your competitor will not get stronger because you posted your lifts. Well, Marina does. Uh, I yeah. will still say that she does post her lifts, though. Like, enough. Like, this is kind of me just – I mean, I, I don't know enough about getting, like, a full scouting report, but it's like you see something – you see something from a meet. I should have had her in the top, my top three. I went simply based on familiarity with my top three. Which Instagram account are you looking at? I'm looking at Marina lifts things and there's one video. The Solana, what are you? I lost it. What's the exact? Yo, I, I went based off of her numbers. Okay. I did not even find her right. I was looking for her. Why you look oh, for that? Uh, oh, powerlifting SLP. The powerlifting SLP. Oh, boom. Oh, well, even oh, with that, that, I mean, she had she has one deadlift and one squat. So again, I'm just I'm just saying, no, like, no, there's no. only so much we can do oh, when there's one deadlift and one squat posted. Yeah, that that meat though is solid. Yeah, it was meat. solid. We had that meat, but like, we just you can't project much over that when Steve. you have one deadlift and one squat posted. That's about well, what you did granted, to me. You so don't have to again, I'm not discrediting. I'm just saying, like, if you call us out, but you never posted anything, <laughs> you, first have any idea that there was progress, we, we can't predict that. So you that, don't have to admit you're wrong because apparently she doesn't care about your opinions. But God damn it, admit that you're wrong and you overlooked her. That's all I want to hear. It sounds like you're you're. I already did. Her. I just no. I, I already did. Hear, I want to hear it again. But I'm not gonna say I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm not saying overlook. I'm saying I'm wrong. I'm not saying overlook because you can't overlook someone when you have no evidence of anything other than what they did at their last meet. You're difficult. And speaking of meets, Kiona Peak had a pretty good meet. Um, you know, Our favorite. She, she went Kiwana's nine for nine favorite. for the first time Kiona. since 2019. Yeah. <laughs> Kiona, we love you. Uh, yeah, she went nine for nine. She had a solid day. Had a PR total. A decent one, too. Like her best ever before this was 11.24 and she had 12.07. So that's like, what, 37 and a half kilos-ish? So she had a good day. Yeah, especially after some rough training with the back injury and whatnot. So because we mm -hmm. we didn't know what she would do either. Like she was one of the she ones that we didn't see any, any training too much. So it was just kind of like up in the air of like where is she at? But she looked really good. Like her lifts. I mean, yeah. it was it was a it was a like a nice solid nine for nine meet. There was really nothing there where I'm like, you know, like oh maybe she should have pushed it because of the back. Like, everything looks solid. You know, I think a good game plan. And walk away with third place and you know, a solid total to go along with it. I think is a 10 for 10, perfect execution, solid meet. 
should only be happy with that. Um, yeah, uh, it, it was just I, I was happy to see it. Um, and I did I chose Alicia Webb in my top. Now I will be honest, Kiona, I wouldn't put you in there. I just assumed your back's still hurt. <laughs> but that being said, um, is it Alicia or Alicia, guys? I think Alicia. I've been calling her Alicia. I don't know though. I could. I could be wrong. I have been calling her Alicia. All right. Anywho, didn't have her best meet mostly because she missed that last squat. So she did get a lower total than at her last meet at Masters of Iron. But I just really like watching her compete, especially after the pro when she had that cape on. And now I just love her. That's it. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, especially <laughs> she, that was the, the, uh, the lifter video that Steve sent me. I'm like that. I'm like, all right, I'm a fan. Uh, Cause she had a very, that's just an awesome one. It was great. And, yeah, Masters lifter, but she's competing with the Open. That's what we said at Masters of Iron. Like, this lifter can compete with the Open. And really, it's one of those lifters. Like, Masters lifters, you can kind of tell, like, the age is catching up to him. David Ricks is a good example of it, where, like, every squat looks like his last. It looks so <laughs> dangerous. Everything. And then, you know, Jen, Jen Thompson, too, has to really kind of, like, labor her way through meets almost. Um, I mean, she has hip surgery. Alita's is good. Like, it's just a – it's a – Good looking lift from one to nine. Like everything is technically efficient. Um, single ply lifter as well, so I think that actually helps. Um, and as co- still competing in the open, so um, yeah, just nothing but nothing but praise uh, from us for her. Um, anyone else in the session? I think it was a pretty cut f- and dry one to three, unless I'm missing something. No, that was mostly it. Nope. But speaking of Masters lifters, we can go into the next session because we got gotcha. Patricia Johnson, who just keeps getting stronger. I got to meet her and like the way her body looks, I was like, yo, I feel like she would take your child and throw him across the room and like slap your mama. Like that was like the vibe I got. She was just, she's so strong. And like, she looks, she looks strong. Like, have you ever seen like someone's older look strong? And you're like, yo, like I'm scared of you. Like that's her. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I didn't get that vibe from her. Um, just gonna just gonna flat out say I didn't I didn't get that vibe from her. Uh, a strong lady, but she's a very sweet lady as well. I didn't think she would grab my kid and throw her across the room and then beat my mom. No, she's think, so nice. I didn't it's think just, she, would do she that. just looks like she could just <laughs> oh, no. destroy you and crush you. Yeah, doc, doc, uh, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, compared definitely Steve. Uh, comparatively, um, I mean. 100 kilo weight class, IFBB pro, looks the parts. We said all this stuff going into the the competition. She was a clear favorite to win, and she did that. Just an absolute brilliant performance from her. Um, you could add pro lifter to the accolades, even though I think she would technically get that with the Masters. But because it was still Masters of Iron, I don't know if that was a pro meet or not, but definitely an open pro. Well, Masters pro, card, Masters pro cards are different. They're not the same. Okay. Okay, I don't no, know. I was say, don't they have to wait till like the pro season is over to get a card? Yeah, it's not. It's not the hey, same. It's not, not like a. I'm not. Well there's versed. really only pro cards for open lifting. Not well versed in the masters class. I apologize to all of our masters lifters, but yeah, I mean, she put up a fantastic performance. I will agree with you, Solana. She's a person who looks strong as well. Um, I have BB Pro background. Just a unbelievable meet from her. I, I there's not a whole lot of others. Uh, there's, there's not. There's not a whole lot of other compliments I can give her. Just 
looking great and wonder where she goes from here too. like what meets you're able to do. Um, the Virginia pro can be a meet that'll actually be a relatively attractive one. I don't know if they're still doing the masters one. Um, I don't know if he hits that dots qualifying. Cause I think Sabre kind of sent something out with top 14. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, but we'll hopefully see her at the Arnold. That's for sure. Because again, if you guys haven't seen her lift, it's, um, it's quite a spectacle. Yeah, and from there, I pretty much went. We figured Jacqueline, Dublé, and Nicolette Ziegler would be two and three, or in kind of order that, and they were pushed throughout the day. Um, the only interesting thing, just because of body weight, the random interesting fact, Jacqueline gets second but doesn't get a pro card. Nicolette gets third but gets a pro card because Nicolette weighed – uh, almost 19 pounds underneath the weight class, so her dot score was higher. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. 19 pounds under a weight class. All right. I didn't realize how light she was. Yeah. Yeah, she only weighed 201.5. So very, very light in comparison. And yeah, her and her and Jack were pretty close all day. It doesn't look like Nicolette. Again, I didn't get to watch the session too much, but it doesn't look like she thought she could pull into second place. It looked because mm-hmm. they both went three for three on deadlift, uh, or maybe Nicolette probably maybe pulled into second, and then Jacqueline pulled back over and was able to pull back into second over that with that two fifteen that she pulled. Is probably what happened there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, pretty much there. Uh, got it. Hundred kilos. Solana. Have any thoughts on that? No. Okay. No, I don't. All right, well, I have a lot of thoughts on Stoic. Ladies and gentlemen, go to lift.net and use promo code ANGELO10 to get yourself some Stoic gear. Stoic had itself a fantastic week at Mega Nationals and IPF Worlds. Chance Mitchell winning IPF Worlds. Banner Petrie winning 90 kilo national champion. Myself winning second place in the 82 and a halves. John Noria getting third. And we were all wearing Stoic gear. Where I wear Stoic gear in the gym and on the platform because it's best at its quality, best bang for your buck as well. So use promo code Angelo10. It could even be more affordable if you use that promo code. The wrist wraps, the singlets, the belts, the knee sleeves, they're all quality. What's up? And I'm just happy they know who I am. They tagged me in the yeah. post of the repost of two white lights. I didn't know Stoic knew I ex- I was I was part of this. I so I'm, I, 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 that I was, was that was a, that was a highlight. Stoic Stoic is a is a PR's performance fan. Yeah, I was surprised at that. I did not think they knew who you were either. I would not think Stoic would try to ever highlight me since I am pro no knee sleeves. Yeah. At least for myself. Yeah, I that's that. I mean, no knee sleeves is one less knee sleeve purchase for SBD. <laughs> so there's that. And A7, too. I mean, it's all the rival competitors. Uh, as far as equipment goes. But, yes, go to lift.net, use promo code ANGEL10 to save yourself some money on Stoic Gear. All right, 100-plus kilo, kilo weight class. Alexis Jones. Best, best performance. Screw dot score. Best performance of Ron Nationals was Alexis Jones. I just got off podcast with her like two hours ago. She did so well, and we were just going in deep about like how – it's crazy. Like when she hit that five seven three squat, like I was like, that was so fast. Like, what made you choose that number? And she was like, Well, I'd never touched it before. So, <laughs> you know, the second one moved really fast and that was five fifty one. That was the best she ever hit in her life. And she was like, you know what? Like, let's send it. And like every attempt that was her her third attempt was easy. Every single one. That's what made it go insane. Bench that- pad the eight, 
Highest total but, ever. Yeah. It beats Bonica. And no. those were like. No. It doesn't. We were on a podcast. I thought that she beat Bonica. Bonica's third delicate overturned. And open powerlifting is wrong. And that's why you don't know it. What the fuck? If this... you go on the IPF, if you go on the IPF site, it's up there. I was like, in the middle of the podcast, I was like, what? She was like, yeah, go on IPF. How come we get breaking news on this two weeks later? So it's not good. It's not even bad journalism on our part. We research. Oh yeah. Well, I see Bonica. So Bonica's total six seventy five, and Alexis Jones has totaled six seventy two point five. But I'm I'm going to say it. Alexis could have totaled like six ninety. Yeah. I feel like everything was perfect from her. It was a clinical, beautiful performance. Steve, I echo you. I think it was the best female performance of the entire week. Um, and again, formula does not help uh, lifters in this weight class, but the, like just someone that young and lifting that weight and doing it in that style and that fashion is something that you should always take note of. And Alexis, I mean, I was already a fan of Alexis Jones prior. We've seen her do her thing at a lot of meets and kind of gets like, it gets a little bit overlooked, I think, from the fans of powerlifting because it's almost like the, it's in that weight class. It's almost like the the Ray Williams and Jesus Oliveira's effect, where Bonica Brown has dominated um, for so many years that you're kind of just used to it, and then it's like, okay, it's like we got you know a person in this weight class, but you know, it's the uh, Bonica Brown show, not anymore. Alexis Jones is there. She's there to compete. She's there to continuously get better. And, I mean, I think she left 10 kilos in the tank of this competition easy. I always go a little bit more conservative on kilos left in the tank. I think you could squeeze out more on each lift than you would see it. Um, Only thing I was, like, her perfectly timed bench attempts. Like, every single time on the live stream, I thought she was benching it early and or uh, beating the press command, and she wasn't. She was just doing that. I mean, she was doing that perfectly, and all of her lifts look beautiful. It's it's not it's not one lift that stands out. It's every single one. Um, it just twenty one years old. Yeah. I mean, I think she's going to total seven hundred within the next year or so. I I don't that's think that's ridiculous. About. That's her goal number next year. Seven hundred. Yeah. I mean, it better be next year because that shouldn't be a lifetime goal because that's probably going to happen within the next year. Because I think she probably had 685. Let's say I said 690. Let's say 685 conserve. She had 685. She can add 50. She added like 20 kilos, kilos. Like every single meet. She's done. Yeah, 20, 25 kilos since Collegiate Nationals. And the fact is, Collegiate Nationals, she left maybe a little in the tank. The lifts were hard to an extent. The lifts were easier 25 kilos up this meet than they were at Collegiate Nationals. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. She, she's going to hit 700 sooner rather than later. Um, I'm, I'm picking her. She's going, uh, I believe she's going the PA route. I'm picking her to win worlds next year, uh, in nationals and worlds. Listen to the Put episode. The... I want her to do PA so bad. Doesn't look like she's it. not. Oh, um, really? I thought I heard somewhere no. she is. Ooh, a little bit. Okay, I was well, never mind. Her was... mouth. No. <laughs> I was... Well, either way, if she goes in hundred, I'm sorry. I don't think Bonica is going 700. Yeah, that was one thing I was looking at. Like, I was looking at Bonica's numbers. I'm like, she's really, like, trickled out and kind of hits the same numbers at this point. So, like, like Alexis will be the future. Yeah, yeah. I think I think she's a present just based on that, right? That's the only, like, again, Bonica, like, again, my, my, it was very well advertised last episode that my powerlifting history knowledge isn't very good. Um, I don't know, like, who has ever challenged Bonica Brown, like, throughout a career. I just don't know that. 
Um, like, I guess Sarah Brenner was, like, there in Nationals. Like, she was putting up some good numbers. Injuries kind of derailed it. But Alexis Jones is right there with her. Um, and just based on how those lifts look, I, I, I don't know how anyone else could feel aside from just supreme confidence in her abilities going forward. I know it's a lot of pressure that we're kind of so putting on her right now because I'd, I don't think Bonique has ever been challenged. Cause I'm just pulling again, Bonique has been for over a while. So it's hard to say this, but like Bonica and Alexis now have the two highest totals, 675 and 672.5. Now Bonica's was at a local meet versus Alexis at a national meet. The closest to that was in New Zealand. So 22 and a half kilos kilos behind is the closest that's ever been to either of those two. So I don't know if either of them truly have ever, or Brunica has ever really been challenged in her weight class, at least on the raw side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can dive in. She- second and third. I was going to go to second and third because we have Brittany Baker and Jasmine Davis. That was a bit of a battle. Um, mm-hmm. Brittany ends up taking it on body weights with that last pull of five. Um, so that was pretty cool to watch. And then we had, again, hit the same, but does not get on body weight. She had 512 squats, 330 bench, 490 deadlift. So they both had very strong days. It came down to the last pool. That's always nice to watch. And then we had Sarah Brenner, who I think I also had, I had her fourth, basically. So not really in my top three. And her goal, like I talked to her after, her goal is just like have fun and like compete. Yeah. It seemed so that overall, way, like based on based yeah. on called attempts, that's what it looked like. I was commentating the session. Based on called attempts, look like just put your best foot forward, get yourself some momentum going forward. I know coming off an injury is really difficult, especially you know a lifter like her who's been in that position before. It's kind of hard reality to kind of come to, come to grips with. So look great, uh, look fantastic. I really enjoyed watching uh, Jasmine Davis lift. I that was one thing. I just it was some really good lifting. Uh, te- technique-wise, but kind of pushed into a weird situation at the end there with the final pull. Brittany Baker was able to get the win there. Uh, it was it was a, it was a really good weight class actually to watch too because you did have a battle there from two to three, and then also you had a, one of the better performances of the week um, with Lex Jones. Like that weight class, as far as me commentating, was my favorite on that uh, day because it was just so good to watch. You know, a little bit of a battle, but also an all-time performance. And anything else to add on this weight class? No. No. I think we just finished the Raw Nationals recaps. We did. After and like five hours yeah. of content between men and women. Yeah, and I think this might be one of the longest episodes of Two Highlights History, so I think we made history. Oh, no, actually, Johnny Candido holds that one. Never mind. That was five hours, I think, alone. I think it was, I think it was six hours of us actually talking. It was, I think, four hours got posted. So, yeah, we couldn't release all of that episode because it was this initial – conversation then post conversation but yeah steve's yawning he needs another hit of obsidian ammonia solana we have to thank you for coming on it's actually a little sad because we have interviews coming up and you won't be here for them and we have other episodes we're gonna do but hopefully there is a preview episode that we can have we can join an american pro or potentially american uh yeah that's that's wrpf oh okay i thought you Remember what you messed up. No, no, no. <laughs> we got the, we got the Ameri- I, I assume we're going to probably do an American.
American Pro one. We're going to do a Corrupted Preview show and a Virginia Pro Preview show. We'll have to see the Carolina Primetime and TBS. I don't know if those will be preview shows or just kind of like highlights and other episodes. I'm assuming we're going to do an American Pro, uh, Corrupted Strength, maybe the Raw Pro. I don't hey, – Untested, I'm so hey, confused untested. on what's going on anymore on the untested Name side. your shit better. Untested Powerlifting, the worst fucking names for powerlifting meets. I apologize. I have a lot of friends there. They might get mad at me for saying this. It's either they hear a word – and then they run with it. Showdown. Everything's a showdown from now on. Pro. Mm -hmm. Everything's a pro from now on. Say what you want about the tested side. I think our names are a little bit cooler. And rant. Anything. anything American pro. Raw pro. Pro pro. Know. I'm so confused. But I'm sure we're going to be doing preview shows for current, those possibly. Pro. I think the American pro is pretty stacked. But we'll see how many people yeah. dropped out and get pissed at us for have for bad journalism for not knowing they dropped out and they don't tell anyone because that's the untested side. Yeah. 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 It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun one. And uh, and also maybe if we have a topic, Solana, you are the the most unofficial or the most. Official, unofficial. Yeah, the most official, unofficial co-host we have on Two White Lights. Because all the Yay, other ones... It's an honor. Yeah, all the other ones that we have, they're obviously not going to join us on preview shows. We also haven't had any of our official co-hosts on, I think, this entire year. Well, it's hard to. Or our unofficial. Noriego's so. on this year, I think. No. Yeah. Oh, no, we start off Garrett. the year. We start off the year with uh, Marcellus Anjo with the council. Oh, no, yeah. No, we did that at... Didn't we do that as our end of the year thing? No, I think it was the opposite. Had... Your memory okay. is becoming well, whatever. Faded. Yeah, this is good. A while. This is good it's content. Been a while. This is good content for the li listeners. I'm sure they're loving the end of this episode. That's been two hundred <laughs> two hours and four. Editing this is gonna be fantastic. By the way, I can't wait for it. Um, all right, so that'll do it. We're gonna get to more interviews and more two white lights content after uh, are these recaps episodes drop. I mean, I know that's what you've been hearing previews and recaps, but we're getting more interviews more topics, and, you know, some fun stuff that we're going to debut. Be on the lookout. Probably next episode is going to be a coach confidential, a coach client confidential with yeah. Joe Stanek. So be on the lookout for that. We'll see you guys. And the Powerlifting Podcast. Don't forget to listen yeah. to my podcast because we got lots of people coming on who Sorry. were just competing at Meganets <laughs> and some from IPF Worlds. Yeah, I apologize for bearing that. I think we might, be, good. We might be sharing some guests uh, coming up too, so – It'll be good to That's get cool. both of that um, broadcasted. So, you guys, make sure you're checking out Solana's podcasts, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace.